You're listening to the Huck and Ride Podcast, the show that celebrates the two-wheeled lifestyle from pros to beginners and everything in between. Proudly brought to you by Kenda, the tire that's designed for your journey, the Huck and Ride Podcast is homegrown on two wheels. And now, here's your hosts, Jason Simpson and Lala Naharis. All right, here we are, episode 24. It is 24. Yeah, 24 episodes in. We got uh, our friend Rich Hausman with us. We are at uh, the Casa Grande. I don't <laughs> know. I, I read on here, Team Hausman Ranch established 2017. Yeah. Right. So we're, we're visitor like millionth, but we're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not too many people want to drive up that hill, actually. But Yeah, uh, we made the drive out. I've been out here a few times. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Uh, this last five years, like I was telling you outside there, it's uh, we've loved it out here. Yeah. A little more peaceful, a little more quiet, a little more relaxed, uh, but still can go right into town. Yeah. So. Well, and you can still ride your bike or your dirt bike anywhere around here. So I can leave from my garage. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen a few bikes and a moto in there, so we're good. Right. Yeah, he but gets out on the Husker. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that part has been amazing. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's been like kid in candy store. but And then Vail uh, is like 16 minutes I've timed it many times but yeah yeah door to trail no awesome I mean and for the dirt in, in your life has been hmm. your whole life yeah. <laughs> I mean since you've been riding right yeah. whether BMX <laughs> or mountain or moto it's it's <laughs> been yours so those of you guys I mean I when I came into the racing you go to Fontana Mr. Hausman was definitely a staple there as as the Simpson brothers and <laughs> and so it was like you always seen them in their racing and so of course neither one of them were the size they are now they were both bigger <laughs> fighting for Cly- <laughs> yeah. fighting for the Clydesdale race right <laughs> and so um, you're gonna get a little bit to know of uh, Mr. Rich Hausman which I've learned some stuff by listening to other podcasts about him but I know you more on a personal level because of the years of us all being the same doing the same, helping other kids and along the way, but watching you guys race. I, I know I've learned some stuff watching you guys. So um, thanks for having us out here to get a little bit, to know a little bit more about Mr. Hausman, you know? Yeah. And before we, we jump in on, on asking Rich some stuff, let me um, just, I'll just share my first thing. Cause I was late coming to the downhill scene. I didn't, I didn't start racing downhill until 2002. And I know you were already kind of established and at the tail end of your career yeah honestly like you shoot know. i wish i remember what 2002 was but yeah right <laughs> right how long ago was that no yeah i know right so um so when i started downhilling um you know i'd always followed the mountain bike stuff and it, i went back and forth between moto and mountain bikes and then 2002 it's like i had the eye-opening experience of going to whistler and then mm. i'm like okay i'm doing this downhill thing and because when I first started mountain biking, downhilling was, you know, <laughs> your cross-country bike, and you went down the fire roads fast, mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm-hmm. so it had switched gears by 2002. Right. And um, so I go out to Fontana, and I knew, you know, I knew who Eric Carter was, I knew who Rich Hausman was, um, but I'm going, oh, shoot, like, these guys are here. These guys are here racing. Wait, did you know him from magazines? What's oh, mag- yeah. What's magazines, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, knew, I knew this Tomac rider from, uh, oh, wow. yeah. you know. There you go. That was probably right around that time frame. Yeah, yeah. and so, um, you know, and I go out, and then I see him in person. I'm just like, 
I've got to figure out what he's doing because he's kind of the same size I am. Right. Yeah. And whatever he's doing on the bike, it's working. So I've got to mimic that. And so that was my first impression. It was like, before I ever met him, I'm just like, all right, big dude on a bike. Right. <laughs> and I've got to figure, figure that out. Yeah, I got to figure out yeah. what he's doing. How tall are you, Rich? Uh, I'm 6'3". Yep, I think so with my shoes on, might be a little taller than that. But yeah, um, and I'm probably just a hair under what Rich is. But, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so that was my, my whole thing was uh, I just had – I just mimicked what he did on a mm. bike best I could. Mm. Um, Meanwhile, I'm mimicking other folks, so it, it's just one big circle. Oh, right. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah. anyhow, um, so that's uh, – that was what? my first impression of, of Rich and what uh, I needed to do. Um, I, I remember both of you guys out there, but, but you said helping kids. I think that's what sticks in my mind, like the kids under the team. and Yeah. Um, at that time, uh, Eric and I were had chosen to do these clinics during the races, but really tried to take a flavor that was different than someone else going to a trail and doing skills. Our mindset was – we might be able to do that, but you know what we're really good at? At a race weekend. Yeah. And we're right. pros at that. And there's a lot of stuff that probably isn't on the bike that could be up here, could be your food, your water, your timing of that. Mm -hmm. um, we said every time that by the end of the Sunday, when everyone's off the podium, either whether they got a better result was, you know, one thing, but most said I had a way better race weekend. And that wasn't being mimicked very much out there yeah. at the time. And uh, we stuck with that, and, and it worked good. Yeah. It worked really good. Um, and, you know, it did get time-consuming. It yeah. did get at a pr certain point we were just like, okay, we need a break. And uh, it was like once that happened, I think a lot of stuff was happening at the same time. And uh, I hadn't really gone back to that, uh, that same environment. But had been asked all along because there was folks that had taken the clinic. And, right. Um, uh, you know, it's always been there, but uh, there's still that uh, that idea that during a race weekend, uh, you know, to have a pro around you and, you know, sure. talking about your race weekend, there's probably a ton that people could pick up on. Yeah. For sure. Oh, it, so. it is. I mean, we took Eric to Whistler mm -hmm. to train to ride with kids. And the funniest thing is watching him unpack his bag. Right. Each <laughs> outfit for each day from <laughs> underwear, socks, <laughs> jersey. He looked you know. at me like. What the heck you know, are you and, doing? And Jay's <laughs> over there like, you know, like the cartoon digging through the drawers for something, right? And so, and Joe is too, you know, and then, and so that does have something to say about it because, and, and Jay looked at him and was like, what are you doing? Like he was an idiot or something, you know? Yeah. And he's like, no, he goes, I don't have to worry about what I'm wearing. So now my mind's focused on the next thing, the riding, the, yeah. you know, my bike, whatever. And it's funny because that is stuck with us, like with the kids, like, you know, Absolutely. Jared, Jared Hansen would show up with the. We threw everything, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, and so it's, it's not unlike a job, though. It's not unlike real life. You know, if you're not in right. order, if you're like you guys, you know, if the house is up here to, with junk, you know, probably things aren't going sweet. Right. You know, right. So. Yeah. No, but it's cool because I always looked I admired what you were doing because I mean, from my first impression with you, like here I came out, learned Fontana. Jay had already been running the team for a couple of years and then I'm like, oh, OK. But, you know, it was like him and buddies. Right. And then. You know, and then it started growing, and you know, for a fact, we both had huge teams. Like, and, and it wasn't. It was, we had the grassroots side of it, which is different than what you guys had, but you running the Trek team, mm. 
And I was always so jealous, like, you know, like, in a, in well, a you good shouldn't have been. <laughs> <laughs> we keep referring to Eric because, you know, EC obviously was a, a big part in, in what we did as well because he right. helped us a lot. But and those he always said smoke and mirrors. Smoke right? and mirrors, It's always right? about the smoke and mirrors. Hey, don't men- that scares me at Whistler. Don't say smoke and mirrors. I fell oh, yeah. off those ones. Oh, <laughs> oh right, the trail. Right. The trail. Right. I broke my rib on that one. Well. Yeah, I mean, now when I can look back and I'm not doing it, um, a lot of heartfelt feelings, a lot of stuff that's like, oh, that was good times. But I know in the moment <laughs> there was the, if I had hair, you know, like, <laughs> oh, you know, like, but uh, yeah. we, we did take it serious and I learned a lot during that time. So, you know, I think that was part of it too. So. Yeah, no, and that's, and those of you guys who are listening and watching, Rich Hausman, we refer to Eric Carter because... Um, they're related. They're brother-in-laws. Um, they married twin sisters, right? No, 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 just, no, no. just 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 married my sister. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. However, Which, that was. Yeah, that was the yeah. That's the connection to Eric. But in, in honesty, that's the second part of the connection. The first was we were on the first BMX team, Hutch bicycles together. Oh, okay. Now, See, there you go. Fifteen. I was six. Wow. So. Oh my yeah. God. How in old fact, are you? I'm forty-four. Oh, my God. You don't look it, but, yeah, oh, my gosh. So you so start actually, off early. I'll take that back. I was – what did that work out? I was six, and Eric was not on the team yet. And then I believe when I turned seven, he was on the team. Okay. And so we met each other literally at a national BMX. And then uh, I think at one of the local ones, my sister was there. And, um, yeah. I think he was, was like, hey. Oh. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, he was really nice to me. I don't know why. Right? <laughs> he, he was he also... took care of me for the rest of my life. <laughs> How's that work? I know, uh, right? No. Um, I remember you and Jay in Four Cross, messing around in Fontana. That was... Uh, well, I never raced him because I was No, no. I said class, messing around okay. because he would get up in there, and then you guys were there, and I was in between. And I'm oh, like... okay. I'm going to let both of you guys go because I, w- I know you were aggressive and I already knew you were going to oh, like I'll, hold I'll my thing out. And that, no first, my that first turn in Fontana Man. and you were like, well, you guys got down to the bottom. You guys looked back at me and I was still like up on turn two. I'm like, you guys really thought I was going to challenge you guys? <laughs> like I waited till you guys were down uh, out of the way because I already knew how you guys raised, you know? And so yeah. I was like, this was practice. It was just for fun. And you told yeah. me, Lala. It is fun, but you always practice the way you race. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> okay. That was pretty serious. Yeah, right? it yeah. W- Four Cross was serious in Montana. Yeah, serious times. <laughs> Four Cross was serious, yeah. <laughs> I think it was half of it was up here. Yeah. Um, I think you were just practicing for your downhill even, stuff. Yeah. But we're good. Like, you know, that Saturday getting ready for Sunday. But your face, I could still picture it on that bottom flat part, like, and well, you looked at me like, why are you just now coming down? <laughs> and, and since you brought up the four cross, I'll, I'll never forget the, the day the earth shook. Rich hit the ground so hard at in a four cross race. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I just posted that as a TBT oh the other day. Oh, my gosh. I still have a hole, right? Or yeah. a scar. I'll You're right. I'll that I'll was one of those, you know, stuck, uh, I think his pedal into my wheel or something. Whatever happened, it was like. Boom to the ground. So that was <laughs> such a hard hit. That was such yeah. a hard hit. I uh, was a beast of a man back then. Yeah, you gotta find that and post it on. Two forty-five, you know. So yeah, yeah. No, that one hurt. Um, and, and you know, with four cross had that way of, uh, 
it was never real smooth racing. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of like uh, thinking of blocking. Uh, there was a lot of bumping to move. Um, there was never this just like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's never you know, like a <laughs> you know you watch Border Cross or yeah. something like that or something that has a little more flow. When I think of four cross, I I just think of rough and going inside. Yeah. Well, and let's be real. Those rocks at Fontana. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> They're still in there. I think. Just I marbles on the inside of the oh turns, right? Man. Oh man. So yeah. like everyone's trying to block the inside, but it's just marbles in there. It's just so marbles. It's like yeah. Oh yeah. Why then having to think about racing Eric every time. I mean, yeah. that was a nightmare in itself. So, no, that yeah, it wasn't Eric and I that went down. I forget the kid's name. Garrick, um, he rode for Bombshell. He had uh, brothers, Anderson. Garrick Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Him and I. Are the From ones Poway, I think, right? <laughs> Poway kids. That was a rough <laughs> one. Well, yeah. first of all, who was challenging who? That's the more scary part. It was part, more of like a just racing incident. It, it was like we both touched in the air right and uh when we landed it was explosion yeah yeah, yeah. no uh, yeah. Oh my so God. i know you've covered the the story before but um dad was a a hmm. moto guy right mm-hmm. yeah and then that kind of just in a roundabout way led to you racing bmx pretty much yeah, yeah. i mean that's the the quick and easy story yeah. he did own a, a a moto shop up there in the northwest called okay. the berm all right and uh uh, sold Huskies and Makos. Okay. And um, basically, we we randomly, I think I was four, saw some kids in a 7-Eleven with leathers and jerseys on. And my dad, being as friendly as he is, was just like, hey, where are you guys going? And they were like, we're going to the track. And we were kind of like, we didn't see your bikes outside. Like, what are you talking about? And they were like, the BMX track. And my dad was like, we got to see this. Like, <laughs> what is this all about? Yeah. And I literally can barely remember like walking up and seeing the kids racing and i was enamored i was like i gotta do that that was it huh that was it and uh that's how it started yeah uh, he went and literally jc penny you know bike weighed more than me you know <laughs> yeah piece of crap yeah in fact i forget that he was either called the eagle or the falcon or something nice. like that but <laughs> oh do it I had wings you're oh, flying oh i remember that bike <laughs> and, oh that's uh, awesome uh you yeah, do. and then of course <coughs> things uh, went fast from there. Yeah, um, we did come back to the track. We raced, and then I think of co- by six years old, it was yeah. You were full factory and going. Yep, full throttle. I mean, there was some times there where I know. Obviously, I didn't remember. I was five. Yeah. So I didn't like uh, have that all put in the memory bank. But you know, as I've gotten older, my dad told me that. He sold some motos, sold some stuff to like get me my first race bike, which was a Kuahara, which is a p- pretty p- famous brand. Yeah. So yeah. And uh, I forget how much he spent, but I think I, I remember him saying it was like 500 bucks. So back then it was yeah. it was, was $2,000 now, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we bought that. We raced locally. And like by the time I was like five intermediate, I just was hauling on that little Kuahara. And so my dad sold something else i forget the whole story yeah. to go to one national so okay. we did go as a privateer to like i think it was somewhere in oregon but uh i went and just smoked people at that nice. race on the kuahara and that's when the team manager of hutch must have saw me there okay and then came and said hey we would want to you know yeah so you were in Vancouver, Washington, is that right? Or I was originally up in the Seattle area. In Seattle, okay. Yeah. And did you have a local track? We did. Okay. Yeah. Sumner, Washington, um, River Valley, I think they still called that. Okay. And then there was a, an indoor track in Port Orchard. 
Okay. That uh, we would drive up to. All right. Um, there was one right by the SeaTac Airport. I think it was still called SeaTac BMX. It's probably still there. I think. So it did is. you juggle? Were you, you were still going to school? Were you doing homework to and from oh, races? Yeah. We would race um, <laughs> every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and then one time in the in the middle of the week. Okay. Uh, f- for as long as I could remember. So you know. like once once you got hooked, like mom and dad were just like fully supportive yes and you were going f- yeah full steam now that i have daughters and we've, we've t- and they're older now you know yeah. 13 and, and 12 but you know being six years old and on a factory team it was a little bit kind of like you know what does that mean um i don't go on record of saying this but i know there's at least somewhere in the history that like i was the first six-year-old full factory yeah rider i mean i was making money yeah uh, not a paycheck Three. for thing but we would do like clinics and stuff and they would just you know i was teaching 21 year old guys how to go through turns at six years old (laughs) (laughs) but they would pay you know and then we'd split the money up i'd come home with 500 bucks it's kind of like hey mom here here," you know just crumpled up you know but at that point anyways like things definitely were a little bit different at six years old so you know my my recollection of that whole history back to six is uh you know, flying on airplanes, uh, not with my parents. You know, there was yeah. definitely some traumatizing times there where sure. all I wanted to do was be at home. I could have cared less if I was in Tennessee at some national. Right. And that part there was probably different than most kids that were coming up through the sport. So yeah. uh, at this point, relaxing and going and riding my bicycle for fun is actually at the tail end of my career like most people would. But, man, it's relaxing. Yeah, right. Now it gets to be your out. Oh, man. Like, so maybe it's not everyone can materialize that, but I can just say it honestly and out loud. At six years old, I had team managers being like, Rocket, you got to win. You got to win, you know? Yeah. And after that was over and no one had to say that anymore, I was just like, you mean I get to go down this trail? Yeah. I I just got to ride my bike. So these days, moto in and and riding my mountain bike, I found another gear, like another love. Yeah. It. So, yeah. Uh, but the racing career was awesome. Yeah. But wait a minute, back up. What do they call you? Huh? What was that Rocket. nickname? Uh, few do still call me that. I, I mean, like if that. Uncle Eric, Rocket. If, if Uncle Eric is around, oh boy, it's it's Rocket. You yeah. talk to a few guys, Miranda. Yeah. I don't know if he's ever called me Rich or something else, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> Miranda may have not called anyone by their real no. name ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, that was the BMX. Everyone in BMX has to have a nickname. Yeah. So uh, when uh, I, I don't know when it was, but for sure my dad like got a butt patch and everything when we were kids, and Rocket was on my butt. So nice. It stuck for a while. That's. Nice. I couldn't even imagine at six years old. I I couldn't. I mean. You know, I see the kids now. So, yeah. you know, the one thing about us on the team is, and you can relate to this, and I'm not anybody can take this how they want out there, but. We always say, you know, I know you were picky, and one of the things after our break we'll talk about your ability to see things, you know, in kids and stuff. But we try to do that, and the number one thing, we don't take moto dads hmm. because, you know, oh you know, just like you right? said, you learn some stuff. <laughs> and it's, it's and dealing with the parents sometimes versus the, the kids. Like, yeah. I would love to have some of these kids, but right. then those parents, it's like – you're not willing to stop living through your kid, well, yeah, you know, and here your, your mom and dad's like, okay, here's an airplane. And, you know, and your dad like went and sold stuff to take you somewhere. Yeah. And that's where I think is a little different is sometimes I get asked that advice 
like or you know my dad has been telling me as we get older we get to tell some stories and he tells me about what other dads asked him at seven eight years old and you know and <laughs> the advice was tough yeah you know, you know like what do you say right I, I did send my kid up onto an airplane but the dad's looking like an airplane what are you talking about you know right. like so on some levels we couldn't relate right um but I think the life experiences and maybe what I got out of that, what my dad got out of that, what we're carrying on today. Your career. I mean, it's, it's led everything. I would not have traded any of that. Right. Any of that. Like, I got some life lessons yeah. at six years old. Good and bad. And you know what? Good and bad. And you, you'll have good and bad life lessons had you not done that. Maybe not. Yeah. You know, right, and right. I mean, it, it, it's all. Well, it, and who are, who, who's, who's to say where you end up, right? There's so many, there's so many easy things out there. Yeah. You knew you had to go race on weekends or, you know, and around you, you had tracks like down here. We had cold candy. Cause I mean, right. I started off in the BMX thing too. And yeah. so I had my two step kids, Brock and um, Justine that We'd go to the races, and that's what I meant about the homework. Like, we would drive to the races. They were doing their homework because they knew if we got to the track. Because, I mean, Cole Canyon, from where we live, was 45 minutes, right? right. In traffic is an hour and 15. Everything. So right, <laughs> exactly. Green River, or right there in, in yep. yeah, Green River track. So you do all those. You knew you had to do your homework. If not, when we got to the track, we weren't paying your entry. Right. So, you know, right. and a couple times, of course, their dad was always no let them race we're here and i'm like no <laughs> you know and so yeah. you you have that right Get the <laughs> so i'm sure you've seen the mom <laughs> right exactly but yeah. he needs to do this right. no this is just a little race like it's yeah. not you I know i feel like that was where i was lucky and and maybe that was because things were at an elevated i was in kindergarten when they pulled me out to go like leave to go fly to the national <laughs> so it was kind of like teachers were like you're going where and doing what like and i'm like yeah i need my homework yeah. come on like let's I need my go. Homework. Let's let's i'm, I'm rocket you know they're yeah they're <laughs> call me the rocket let's go like <laughs> you know and so but it was definitely like you better get it done do you know it, who i am yeah <laughs> uh, we have the clippings on my little scrapbook you know right in the school paper and stuff <laughs> like that but my point with that is that i also needed to get it done it right. wasn't like you're so cool leave yeah right. it was like okay, now I need to give you your homework. Wow, that's cool, but here's your homework, right? And so on the airplane, back at the hotel, before I got home, I had to finish. Right, and you knew that. <coughs> we, had, we had one kid on the team that his teacher would not give him his homework, would not let him go. Like, all other five classes cleared him except for one, so he couldn't go to a race. Yeah. And he was like, I can't go. And it's like... Really, yeah. one teacher? Like oh, man, all the other five are like, yeah. yeah, and you know, and this is for world champs too. Like it wasn't like right. a local race, you know. <laughs> well, if you learned it from kindergarten, like I guess I did. I got the lingo down. I got, uh, I got, uh, you know, at least the the rotation down. And you know, right. I was gone. I think we figured it out um, twice a month, from kindergarten all the way through grade school, all the way through middle school. Um, <clears throat> I think by the time I was eight years old. I had traveled and, and raced in 40 states and uh, had more frequent flyer miles back then. Than <laughs> I, I really knew what it was, but I was still having to travel what they call unaccompanied until I was old enough until my brother was coming with me. Uh -huh. So for a while there, it was, uh, it was a little bit strange, but it was kind of cool too. I mean, it was still like, even traveling unaccompanied, I, I had good f uh, status. So it wasn't just like I was an unaccompanied. They yeah. were like, Oh, you know, when celebrities would be at the airport, they would find ways for me to meet them in the rooms and stuff like that. So 
I mean, I was meeting basketball players and stuff like that as we were traveling because I was kind of mixing it up through the back offices with yeah. the stewardesses and stuff. Right, because so. you were little and yeah, unaccompanied. Unaccompanied, so. but I mean, at the end of the day, those those experiences are still what uh, are helping me. Yeah, I think so. Uh, still wouldn't trade them. So, do you have some uh, some titles, in BMX? I have one world title, um, okay. and I got that one when I was seven years old. Okay. Which uh, I have this trophy that I set up on my my uh, my dresser, and I always laugh. I'm like, I was seven years old. Why is this out? But like, <laughs> it's like this sculpted bear Eskimo thing where, and it's a rad trophy. But I don't know where to put it. <laughs> I don't wanna, like, but uh, so I do have a title at seven, and. Um, I won a bunch of what they would end up calling like age group national titles. Okay. Um, and then if you want to count these, I was on the, in BMX, they do a factory team titles. So like they do a points thing at right. the okay. end of each race, which is a pretty big deal. And I do think we have a little record, but like for like five years in a row, we were on the number one team. So it was like two years on Hutch and then we went to free agent. And for like three years on free agent, we were the number one team. So all that really means is we were counted on heavily right. to win our races yeah. for team trophy points and stuff like that. Okay. So, not to mention like nag, nag and district jackets. Yeah. And all nag. Yeah. I only got that one title at seven or world title at seven, but it was funny because um, the way traveling was and going over to Europe. Like I do remember, I broke my arm the day before I was going to fly out to England oh. to the world champs. So I actually only ended up uh, racing one world championships abroad which was in whistler in 85 okay oh wow so <laughs> i won that and then uh yeah and those are the titles on bmx but yeah uh it was, right. it was a lot of time at a lot of tracks yeah then uh high school you uh kind of yeah. found a different i did yeah different I, calling I, I i took a little bit of a break i i was done at like 15 years old i was just to, didn't want to get on another airplane. I wanted to do something different. Team sports was like way foreign to me, and uh, but I loved it. It was like, wait, they don't. I don't only have to do it. Like, there's. I don't have to put it all the work four myself. Four people on the plane. <laughs> no yeah. way. Like, so I mean, logically speaking, I was enjoying that part of it. But then got into basketball and put away the bicycles, the BMX stuff, and uh, was fully into basketball for most of my high school career. Like, okay. which was just three years at our school so 10th 11th and 12th but uh uh played but the the interesting part was my brother never quit racing he raced bmx and then got into mountain bikes and so like while i was playing hoops he ended up still traveling to most of the nationals for bmx and okay. then um eric started racing mountain bikes as well and gary had started like going to a national or two okay um quickly got picked up by a Devo program. And so he was kind of like coming home with bikes and parts while I was doing the hoops thing. And, uh, you know, for early in the hoops thing, I, oh, I'm going NBA, you know. Um, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm oh, yeah. Be that guy. Well, I was going to be a supercross racer. Sure. So. And eventually after my, like, what, first camp, I was like, uh, okay, I'm not going to be NBA. <laughs> uh, so th there's something else I need to be really good at. But uh, the, the bike thing, I won't say was ever gone. Um, I was kind of always, you know, and it took a little bit of maybe Gary chirping at me, like, you're not going to do this. But, uh, and then I full out, like, was kind of over basketball okay. and, and was like, mm, I won't say I was searching for something else, but my dad kind of behind my back went up into the attic, 
grabbed about five or six BMX frames, rolled over to the local bike shop, rolled in. Some of them were vintage, some of them were like pretty good, and just said, hey, can I have that frame right there? And the guy was like, yeah, you know, like, and it was a Foe's uh, Weasel, okay. I think it was. Oh, my gosh. And uh, came home a random day, was just like, Rocket, here, you want to try this? And I was just like, yeah, let's do that, you know. So we pieced it together and went to Mount Hood was where we were from yeah. locally. And uh, I raced Junior X with Gary and uh, just smoked everyone in one Just coming X. off, like, really? Not even a single race. So and what year was that? It was 90, probably five. 95. Late five. And uh, so the weasel was like, I mean, it was super yeah, progressive. It right, was. for the time. I think it was one of those, yeah, I got lucky with the bike. Um, timing was great. Like, the competition, I don't know if it was where I was at. We had some guys up there that were fast at the pro level. So we didn't always get to race them at downhill, but Gary was fast. So that was good. But like slalom, we were racing guys like Bart McDaniel and this guy, Jason Siegfried, Daryl Young, some guys that were really established. Yeah. So um, regardless, that, that definitely uh, got the ball rolling for me in the downhill stuff after I <laughs> – after winning that race or, you know, just getting the bug bit, that was like, oh, I like downhill. Like, yeah. This is cool. You know, yeah. I found that, you know, that desire and love for the two-wheel thing again. That's cool. So. All right. So we're, yeah. uh, we're kind of at a little little uh, commercial break here, and we'll get back to. Uh, I like the downhill di- side. You see them, like, light up, too. Yeah, we're like, going to dig into uh, Rich's more mountain bike known yeah. uh, history second and part of the career maybe or something yeah, like that. yeah bigger wheels yeah. yeah bigger wheels all right how much thought have you put into your mountain bike suspension most riders set the air pressures and that's the last time they ever think about it but why not make the most of the technology inside your bike's fork and shop the crew at trail tune suspension can help you dial in your ride with factory level service and tuning complete with data acquisition equipment to really analyze your needs based on your skill, speed, height, weight, and riding locale. Fast turnaround times, competitive pricing, and free return shipping inside of Southern California make the Trail Tune Suspension Crew the obvious choice to get your ride dialed in. Support local homegrown businesses. Check them out at trailtunesuspension.com. For those of you guys, we talk because we know each other. We, we forget to that not everyone knows this, but there was two Hausmans um, and two brothers. Certainly. And I was just asking him during commercial break here if one was better because I have sisters or I see Jay and Joe, and if they were equal or one was always better or one struggled, one's natural. And his answer was equal. Yeah, I mean, just younger. That's about it. Two and a half years, but. I mean, largely we did the same thing and, and came from, you know, the same background. And it was like, it was almost a foregone conclusion that he was going to race, you know. So by the time he was six years old, I think as well, he was already on a factory team and we were traveling together. And uh, that just sort of morphed into the, until we st- I stopped playing or racing in high school. Uh, but then that quickly came right back around during yeah. the mountain bike career. All right, yeah. and go back to your... Uh, yeah, so he's got the Foe's Weasel. Got the Weasel, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Raced your brother was... Your, you did mention your brother was telling you what? 
in going into this race? Uh, he was always chirping at me, but just as the brotherly thing that, you know, I'm going to win and I, I've done, I do this junior X thing, you know, like. Because he know. stayed riding his bike while you went and shot yeah. ball, he right? He did, kept, yeah. He kept going. He was riding for the factory GT program at the time. So yeah. they were they were having this, like, I think the L, LTS LPS, or something. LTS, yeah. Yeah. He got, like, that bike and and was racing but anyways i mean he definitely was we were just doing the brotherly thing it was always competitive between us but i certainly went out had this foe's weasel and (laughs) and won that first race and uh it really just set in motion this like competitive thing that was already there but then like uh for me it was like well if i beat gary who was already known as like a a top junior um it was like i'm gonna do this too you know like this is on so that just fed itself, and uh, yeah, we were lucky enough to be on teams together. And so, and wait, you did you did kamikaze? <coughs> First of all, that fire road am I at Mammoth, right? That fire road's not fun to ride <laughs> at a slow speed, much well, I, less I didn't, at I didn't what speed? I didn't have any idea what I was getting into. Like, imagine I came from the northwest, so and imagine those bikes. Yeah, we only had the we had RST uh, four-inch elastomer forks. Um, I don't know what the travel was on the back. I know it was a... a Did it have travel? It's not much. (laughs) (laughs) It looked all fancy, but it had this air shock in the back that was supposedly working, but I don't think it was. Um, But yeah, I remember that year, 96 was the junior national, or the national championships was on the Kami and at the Kamikaze. So we packed up our stuff. That was my first national to go to. And uh, there's a a long story, but there's the short story, which... The short one is is fun enough, but uh, Eric was still brother-in-law racing. Um, he was at the time riding for this uh, Troy Lee Designs. Uh, I think they were riding GTs as well. Okay. But uh, it was Jimmy Kite, Eric, and uh, Jimmy Deaton. Yep. And uh, Deaton was already a legend at the Kamikaze, like full legend. I mean, you you couldn't walk down the pits, kind of a guy, if he was at Mammoth. So we were like the whole week hanging with those guys and um when i showed up i I did my first run and i was like you like what this isn't the race really this is the fire road like (laughs) what are they doing and yeah you know and and they're like nope you tuck and you have a bigger gear and uh, you know you need to be over there and like people started you know kind of telling me i'm like all right you know like okay and uh i was lucky enough to uh Jimmy was at the condo with us and we're all talking and he said, Hey, I'll do a run with you and uh, I'll show you the way down. Kind of gave me one of those, you know, salty, just follow me, bro. You know, we'll do that. <laughs> and, uh, it had to be sneaky. I was a junior doing junior. I remember it. He right. was a pro. Okay. And, uh, but he went up with me and it was like one of those life changing moments oh where yeah. I remember taking off out of the, the start hut and, you know, obviously he was saying, you need to stay on my wheel. <laughs> I was like, you know, okay, I got this, whatever. And I remember looking up and expecting to see him, and he was, like, way <laughs> over on the right-hand side of the trail. And I'm like, you know, went over to this side of the trail, and then, like, at that moment, I, you know, sucked up next to him. I was a big guy back then. That was yeah. 200 pounds. He was a big guy. And we were riding about that far off of the trail everywhere. And uh, the speed and just the angles he was taking into the turns – I must have went seconds faster that very first run. Yeah. And so I was confident. Uh, I, you know, literally after one run, I was just like, I got this. You know, like, this is, this is easy, you know, no problem. 
<laughs> all the way into the final and uh I, I mean, I think I won by like six seconds yeah. or something. But I was feeling like afterwards, like I got lucky. Yeah. Because if I would have gone that whole week thinking on my own, I don't know. Like so I, so you was had some good uh, I had some, some really good tutoring. Good tutoring. I yeah. mean, to the point where I think his first thing to me was like, you only hit your brakes four times. No big deal. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I ride my brakes all the way down. I, oh, I had yeah. to do part of it because I went to go do the downhill run one time mm-hmm. there. And the guys that all told me to go over there and take the fire road down to the parking lot. I think it took me longer <laughs> for then them to ride all the stuff, all the yeah. the bridges and the rocks and the drops oh, and everything. And I'm coming down and I'm like this. I'll, I'll be straight up honest. So I didn't, I wasn't racing downhill back then. But then when, when they resurrected the kamikaze games. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to race kamikaze. It scared me. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I, it was, I was, it was a bit of a mind bender when I f- my first time but I, after about the second run i was in love again yeah I, it's still as gnarly but yeah so you were a junior then i was a junior and, and it uh, was you and your brother well, first me and my and brother, second. junior x i mean it was a full field um but yeah we i i won gary was second and for winning that junior national thing they uh the cairns uh, australia world championships was that year and for winning junior national title you they sent you yeah so I literally had the guys from US, uh, Norba at the time come up to me and say, okay, you're the national champ. You know, here's your jersey. Here's your medal. And now you're going to go to Cairns, Australia. And I was kind of looking at these guys like, dude, are you kidding me? You know, you're like, like, I just built this bike last week. <laughs> I don't know really if, I, <laughs> yeah. if I really want to do this, but yeah. Yeah, I did, you know. But yeah. um, they going all in. Put the tickets together. And then so look, my wow. second national was the Cairns uh, – yeah. 96 world champs in Australia. So and and that was an experience of its own. Of um, course. And I think anything overseas, when we went to yeah. the Andorra one, like it's a whole different world whole over different there. whole different world. Um, They're bred for that. Like we, we ride it. They're bred for that yeah. over there. The mountains are different. Well, I mean, you look at that course, anybody could YouTube that thing. You come out of the shark mouth and it's like this really tight jungle forest trail. I mean, it did open it up a little bit at the bottom, but talk about difference of the kamikaze i yeah. remember thinking to myself i was still pretty green to the sport i was like i won the kamikaze and after i did one run at, at karen's i'm thinking boy they didn't prepare me very well this like, is this is complete th- th- opposite this is like not what i just won the national you know like where's yeah. the fire road like yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> this hill's only i could throw a rock to yeah. the top of this thing where's like, the shell rock yeah. i'm only going i want to feel like i'm on the moon i'm only know? going 30 miles an hour yeah i want to go 60 but, i mean there was funny stuff about that i i was even though up in the Northwest, like <laughs> local races, I don't know if it was just because of the timing, but I didn't do a lot of mud racing, which is kind of odd yeah. being up there. But <laughs> it rained before the qualifier of uh, and Cairns, and I thought they were going to uh, postpone it. I was like, oh, sweet. That's going to be so greasy. They wouldn't do that. You know, like, <laughs> they're going to give us time to let it dry up. Yeah. And they're like, no, they're you're running. Right I'm like, what? <laughs> and I remember going down that thing, I mean, feet – Sitting on the seat, heels into the ground, just, you know, the whole time. I think I qualified, like, 31st or something like that. Mind was done. I was like, this, I'm never going to, this is done. What is this? What is this? <laughs> and, uh, and things dried up, luckily for us. And uh, I ended up getting sixth and was the top American out there. So I definitely backed it up. Yeah, from yeah, there for to there. sure. And that set me on a good uh and again i had help out there i had uh, eric was i traveled out there with eric yeah 
he helped me with some practice. The Team USA was great. I mean, we definitely, I might have over-practiced a little bit. I remember being pretty banged up for the final, but uh, yeah. So Eric's nine years older. Mm-hmm. And he had eight kind or nine, eight yeah. or nine. He'd kind of been going this mountain bike. He'd got into for, it for yeah. a while. He definitely jumped in. He was obviously a lot better at the slalom. Okay. Right in the early, I think he was still working his way up in the downhill ranks. Yeah. It wasn't up until I think his GT years. Yeah. That he really, uh, you know, was a, a force on the downhill side. This was like his years with uh, Barracuda. Yeah. Um, okay. And then he went with a privateer year. This year at Cannes is actually a cool story. You might have ever heard his, but he was privateering it kind of. Yeah. But uh, he ended up getting fourth or something there, and that set him yeah. on a path. Yeah. Well, I kind of look at that that era, and not only were bikes changing, you mm. know, by the week almost, mm. but courses started changing. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, yeah. I, 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 because – Initially, I didn't. I brought this up on the show before. I didn't race downhill because I was broke and newly married. <laughs> so if I was going to go and race my mountain bike, I wanted I wanted a bang for my buck. So mm-hmm. I raced cross country because mm-hmm. I did the downhill course three times in a cross country race. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it was just fire roads at that time. Right. But then it it really took a shift, and when I came back to downhilling, mm-hmm. like it had. It had completely changed in, like, 2000, 2001. Yeah, I do think uh, I was fortunate to go through the era that I did with the bike development. Yeah. <coughs> um, it was developing. It, it, had, it had gotten the shocks, and everything was there. That's what I thought was cool initially. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that does look like a moto. Kind yeah, of thing. right. But uh, from 90, you know, late 90s till, you know, now, wow. You know, how, uh-huh. about, how, how about that progression? Yeah. Like, but – you know, I think that was cool because I was testing some stuff even back then that um, certainly took y- a long time to figure its way out into platform shocks and yeah, uh, different uh, rim densities and stuff like that. I mean, we played with a lot of different stuff back then. Well, you think, like, what else can you change? And then it just always – I mean, I'm, a, right. I, I, I'm in the bicycle side of it. So, you know, you try finding the right part for a bike four years ago. Right. It's like <laughs> – it, it might as well have been 20 years old, right? Like, <laughs> no, forget that whole fact of, like, COVID and all that. Just in general, like, because 135 rear, bo- rear wasn't good. Let's do oh, 142, man. 142 plus. And, you know, and then, then you get all this boost and all that, and you know, and not love with tooth. They came out with that boostinator. If you had a set of wheels, and we just had to use one the other day, like, to make something fit. Like, cause yeah. you build it up on a hub that you think is boost, and you – didn't measure or whatever are people who already have a garage full of wheels right like right yeah we had hadley we have hadley hubs like what do you do with those now like you know what i it's mean it's some like product has become obsolete some product made it all the way through yeah. i think yeah. your point though about courses changing and uh i think that went hand in hand as product right. got better we could go to, over right? yeah. and around and down stuff that was gnarlier yeah and then you might have hit that limit product needed to kind of catch up and so right. you might see a few faster courses yeah. in those years yeah but it kept developing and i mean now what people i think are skimming over back in the day i do think we would have been like mind blown like no way but yeah. uh I, I know it goes hand in hand as, yeah as as i know yeah you know, some of those teams there was definitely product development happening maybe i was luckier at those time frames where right. stuff was happening in bigger chunks yeah you know? but Okay, so yeah. I have a question, though. What you, got? you guys on 26-inch bikes had to look like monkeys <laughs> humping footballs, right? <laughs> now, if you throw your leg over something, even a 275, if you guys throw your leg over, I mean, you ride a 29er, right? 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you throw your leg over even a 275, you're a like... A little bit crazy. Kind of yeah. weird, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, and you I think of the speed. I being too small in general. Well, yeah, because you guys are tall. career, but yeah, to look back, it wasn't even just the wheels, too. It was bars were so... Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean 680s? Like yeah, <laughs> yeah the, cockpit was, the cockpit was in here, and... I mean, yeah, that the, the cockpit stuff. You know. like, well, you know what? Screw both of you guys because I couldn't fit yeah. on the smalls. Yeah. Okay? I know. <laughs> like that was the, d- the dichotomy of all of it was like, you know, not everyone was 6'3". No. And with 6'5 wingspans. Well, right. and when you get a company even on roadside, I mean, I know for a fact they, they only made so many. I know. Because across the U.S. because, oh, we aren't going to sell that many 60 right. or 63s. And then it's like Oh, I know. I had now, a special order of 61. I remember when I first got training. Yeah, well, now – there's so many of those made, like, at one of the, uh, where I was at working before, like, I couldn't believe I sold, like, 40, 63, 60 and 63s. Huh. It's like, what are the people drinking out here, you know? <laughs> so it, it is different, right? Like, yeah. but, and then also the opposite now, you know, like, I'm finally on an S1 on my Levo, and it's like, and it's a mullet, so I can actually reach the ground. Because normally on a bike, unlike you guys with legs, if I have to dab... I'm dirt napping, right? Yeah. Like I'm washed laying on I the ground with the general, snakes. Like, bike, well, 29ers included, but I do think bikes have progressively gotten longer. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that, that all goes hand in hand with it. But yeah. I think I, I, one thing I want to, I don't know where you want to go with this next, but one thing I'm intrigued at that I recently learned and you know, you guys may not always see rich out at the races cause he does have two girls. They rode for a little bit here and there. And uh, Rich had them out of Fontana. Love them. I love the fact that one of them is the wild child. Like, she showed up, head buzz, like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm like, Lala, look, because I ran the kids' races, so they'd come over to me, you know. And I was just like, Rich, and they're here like, that's what she wanted. (laughs) And so, but you have very outgoing. You are there for your, you and your wife are both, both. Like the sports or whatever they wanted to do, so I love that side of it because that's what was open to you guys, you yep, know. Yep. Um, but on all that, y- I didn't know you were somebody's uh, first ride. Who we all know the name, what you know, Mr. Aaron Gwynn. Oh, the the okay. I mean, I always yeah. seen him as friends out at Fontana, oh, yeah. but I didn't yeah. know. I, I had history, no clue. The history, Your history of, of like. There is history there. Yeah, yeah I, th- I knew you guys were friends. I'm like, uh, once again, being jealous, I watched on the outside of, right. <laughs> oh, that's Eric, that's right. Aaron, you know, or that's Eric, you know, and seeing who you guys had. But yeah, there, there's a, you know, there's a 10 year story there that's actually what's what's best about that is being friends. You know, yeah. I think yeah. what started out was a pretty random. Uh, Fontana was the the new the. Uh, the hub uh, I was racing <coughs> at the time for Yeti and uh, I was transitioning um, definitely more into like a racer slash manager role and uh, they wanted to start a SoCal development team and Aaron had I'm pretty sure had already done the one race where everybody talks about where he was in his jean shorts and flannel and rode a borrowed bike and I think he got like second and we all saw that us pros and we're kind of like ah, fluke fluke timing yeah. was wrong like nah but then i got that call from yeti and we were back out at the races and I th- he was back out there i think he looked the same but was on a different borrowed bike or something like that and uh got like second or third again and i think whooped me and uh at that point i was like well uh kevin aiello was a kid i'd already been talking to and i was well it's like what about that kid right there and so i literally walked over to him and his mom and dad and was like, who are you? 
where are you from? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. You know? And he didn't really have much to say. I mean, he was classic his, it was Aaron. classic Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but they, they all know who you were because, like, um, I mean, to me, you were a pro in the pit. Uh, I learned later that uh, Cody Warren had had helped him get there yeah. and, like, had helped him borrow his bikes and stuff. And at that point, Cody was already, I think, the national champ. But Cody, you know, told Aaron about me. Cody and I knew each other. Yeah. So he knew who I was. But when I went up and talked to him, I wasn't just like, who you are? I don't have nothing to say. I'm like, who you are? I got a development team. Do you want a jersey and a bike? And uh, he kind of had that, like, I know who you are, but, like, I don't. And I learned later that he had already signed up for – he has his own story, but – he had like bought books and signed up for school. He kind of had a different plan, <coughs> and then it was just like, "Ooh, but <laughs> I kind of like that idea, you know." And <laughs> that changed his trajectory, of course, yeah. but it also changed mine. I mean, you know, then here we go. I uh, we got him a bike, we got him a jersey, and we show up at Fontana, and he's fast, you know. And I remember that first year we we went and did a team camp up in Northern California. Um, we did all the normal stuff as a mentor would do, you know, and that's who I was supposed to be. I had brought Aaron there as kind of like uh, Aaron and Kevin. Uh, yeah. I don't want to leave Kevin out because he was. I love Kevin Ayello. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, yeah. No, I mean, in fact, Aaron or uh, Kevin had a lot more experience at that yeah. time. But you know, I remember the little stuff like you know writing down goals and and things of that nature. We had a booklet and stuff. Yet he was great about putting together like that that development slash mentor. And uh, I remember stupid stuff, but, like, one of them was pedaling through the finish line. Uh, and that meant, like, you know, like, you know, doing yeah. a thing. But that was what he wanted as a goal. And uh, he had some pretty high goals, and I can't remember them all off the top of my head. But, you know, going into that particular experience in that, that first six months, I didn't know, you know, I had no idea who Aaron was going to be, nothing. But right. there were certainly, like, those, like, you know, everyone would saw the same thing. You know, he was fast. He was quiet, reserved, but, like, kind of had that look like, you know, I'm going to do this no matter what you say or do. I mean, I was along for the ride, too, kind of a thing. Well, because it's all new territory for you, too, because you're you're now transitioning. So you did Kamikaze. You went to Karns. You came back here. You're racing. I mean, like I said, Jay pointed out, oh, that's that's a pro rider. Yeah, he had his career and, and, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, I took that with Aaron as almost like what it was supposed to be, which was mentor these kids <coughs> through those early years and um, set them up to yeah. try to have as much success as possible. And, you know, I, we, we all don't need to rewrite or retell the story of Aaron Gwynn, but I was fortunate enough to be on that very front end of, right. you know, <laughs> helping him just get a jersey and a bike and yeah. some wheels. And then um, he was pretty green to – everything um he came from a moto background so he knew that side he knew bmx so we were had common ground there um but mountain bikes was pretty foreign to yeah. him and so early on i think i took more of a big brother kind of right. i'm gonna put you under my wing not really let anybody take advantage of who i think you might be yeah. kind of a thing but uh yeah and then <laughs> uh, and then history uh, well su- yeah. super fortunate for him too because i mean just just knowing you that he that he found a trustworthy person because you don't know yeah. right like yeah. i mean it's it's like why is this guy coming up to me why does he want to talk yeah. to me because i've had that we've we've had that experience right. with with people that we've approached for the team where parents are like 
Why, why do you right. want to talk to my kid? Why, right. you, you know, and so. Maybe that natural progression too. I mean, I had, yeah. I had had Eric as my brother-in-law slash coach my whole life. Um, I rode for guys like John Tomac, who. I wanted to touch on that one you too. Know, certainly I would tell you, I probably learned the most from, but uh, it was, it was a probably a combination of just being able to go up and talk to a kid like him and yeah. just say, what, who are you and what are you going to do? And, and then him having the balls to just be like, sure, I'll do this. Yeah. And, you right. Know, I mean, drop story after this. story after story that right. you could tell about why is he unique. But, <clears throat> you know, I have my own. Uh, and I guess what's funny to take that 10 year span, and I don't mean like there's an end point to 10 no. years. For 10 of those years, or I don't even actually know how many of those, um, I was a mentor, I was a friend. We, we helped together like go through contract situations. We went through some pretty gnarly situations. Oh yeah. Um, some of the biggest brands in the world, but we were just two kids. Uh, yeah. I look at back now as a 44 year old. I mean, I don't really under, you know, remember my ages, but I was, <laughs> you know, not an agent, but I had had my own contracts. I had listened since six years old about being on factory teams. So I had my yeah. baseline, but we would, you know, look at these together and, okay, yeah. well, what do you think? And uh, <laughs> should we take that out? And, you know, like, I don't like that. And so collaboratively, we came up with some pretty good programs, and uh, we learned together. So, you know, going through the trek to specialize, or if that was the other way yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. trek to specialize, yeah. yeah. But, you know, through that stuff, um, you know, using the agent title and having money exchange hands, uh, the expectations from sponsors, uh, I guess in a big picture, I learned I did not want to be an agent mm -hmm. and I wanted to be Aaron's friend. And when I started out, it was Aaron's friend. And as things got going, talk about weird, you know, like I always say this, like, you know, when we first started out, I was buying him lunch, you know, like, and then he's buying houses 10 years later, houses, yeah. right. you know? So think about that in 10 yeah. years. Yeah. Like, yeah. Put that in anyone's shoes. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's a big change. Oh, yeah. And well, and for you, that's a lot of you, – you mentioned from friend to the stress level of that. Like, okay, I, I want to be your friend, but I want to make sure you got – but that goes back to what Jay just said, someone he trusted that's going right. to sit there because, one, you knew his numbers, you knew what he's doing, you know what's right. expected, and it's like perform or not, this is where we're at, yeah. right? And he didn't really have – maybe maybe today I'm, I'm sure he has, you know, a lot of his support system down pat, but back then, you know, you had a lot of – grabbers sure. oh yeah of course oh sure. you're gonna be and i was fortunate enough to either be around and seen that and heard that but also like i warned that to him real early and right. when it came he was like ah oh, rich I, I i remember you saying that so we did have this trust thing going on and, and i think you know as the business crept into that more than the friendship was the focus um that's where things for me kind of took a bit of a turn and i wanted to like maybe reset and right um that's what i'm actually most proud about today is that we're we're friends you know yeah. and not to say that i don't get to hear you know his business stuff right. and, and right. there's plenty of stuff that we still chat about well yeah because he still trusts you you you've led him to i hope yeah, you yeah. you've helped along the way you're yeah. it, what you weren't just a stepping stone and stepped over you and you didn't want from him and he he you you looked at him as a friend whether you benefited right. or not right 
dude, don't don't go this path. That's Let's it. do this. This is my opinion. This is this. But then that also leads into what which we'll get into and do your hook in, like how you look at things, how you, you know, and, and vice versa with your kids, what you're doing for them out there. Because, yeah. I mean, they're still in sports, well, you the, know? Uh, the expectations and the, the winning and being at the top is uh, it's great from the outside looking in. And oh, yeah. it is fr- from the inside looking out. But the, the you don't know how to enjoy and, it. And if. And if, you know, you have the wrong circle around you, yeah. if you uh, if you get caught up in, in things that people say, uh, those are along the lines of where I think an agent steps in and buffers a lot of that. And um, I'm the type of person, if you, you know, talk crap about my friends, like I'm going to show up on your doorstep or something like that. And right. that's kind of how it got. And, you know, Aaron getting second or third place, you know, and having a brand tell me that's the worst investment they've ever made. <laughs> I'm come like, on. come on, guys. Yeah, like, yeah. Go, break. go ride that course and tell you me know, that. Like, yeah, you know, he, he did give you a world champion, or I mean, a, a world cup title last. You know, like, yeah. So the minute that things got a little bit wishy-washy on results, th- everyone wants to turn on him. And so, <coughs> as his friend, you know, I, I wanted to be more that than it was to be like, yeah. You know, listen to some brand say blah, 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 and then get on the phone with Aaron. Hey, they're, they're really happy with you, yeah. you know, and do that face. Right. That's not what friends do. Right. 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 We, we fist bump and we say, we say friend stuff. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I mean, I basically realized, like I tell everybody, I didn't want to be an agent, but I learned so much. And well, and you uh, had Kevin Ayala who was doing really good downhilling too. So, I mean. Kevin had his own path and definitely was in in the same position um and (laughs) he also learned a lot and i learned a lot through him i think you know as we would tell anyone uh certainly a different story than aaron's oh yeah but uh yeah i mean there was opportunities back then um it just so happened that the one that aaron got he took and literally ran right and uh i was along for the ride it was super fun to be there and and you know today in fact even more recently to see him get back on the box uh yeah this past weekend oh uh, my gosh you know there's i might be one of the first people that people like to call and and throw a few of those jabs yeah. in and, you know one of those and i'm always there to support and and say that uh i have his back but uh, that was one of those that yeah that was pretty nice yeah you know? and he's well, doing I it in style um and we'll see i mean i think well i just i always so w- John and Aaron, you know, love those guys. And <coughs> John will always, like, send a text to or whatever, for the most part, like, because, like, one time I know he was at the one when he blew the tire and stuff. And I know John's up top, and he's told us plenty of times when he's out of Fontana. He doesn't even know the results till he gets down there or someone's up at the TV told him, yeah. you know. And so it was that one that I'm like, he just won. Like, and I text him. Of course, I don't know when he reads it or whatever. But then it's funny, you told me later on that he had read that as he was walking to the TV when he <laughs> seen it. And so, um, but like Aaron on this last one, I'm like, good luck, dude. You got this. You know, like, love yeah. Aaron, you know. Yeah. And, and he doesn't talk a whole lot, but I love my Aaron, you know. like, And it was funny, though, because... I was, like you were saying, you get annoyed when somebody talks crap. And, <laughs> uh, dude, I was sitting there on pink bike because I was looking at the oh. results. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait. Hold on. Yeah. And I started reading some of the comments, and I got, like, an hour deep in reading these comments on, on Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. All of a sudden, I look up. It's, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, and they were talking about his qualifying or, or whatever. And I was just, like, I, and, of course, the login on pink bike is under Jay. 
So if I said anything, it would come from Simpson. But like I had, I was so angry at reading some of these, and some of the people were like, "Does he have it in him? Oh my God!" And this, and some people like. I just wanted to be like, you guys are just sitting at a keyboard. Go write some of this and tell. Uh, you know, and it's hard. That's it's where maybe I would today, flat out, I learned from Aaron. Right. Um, because, I mean, of course, not that he probably would tell anyone he never reads those, but um, there was a point, I think, where <laughs> you could clearly tell there was the pink bike, like, guy who was going to just ruffle you up no matter oh, yeah. what you said. Yeah. And uh, I think I, I don't remember the time and date, but. I do remember Aaron saying, like, I don't read that stuff. I don't read that stuff. And I remember thinking, like, dude, you don't read that? Like, so I'm not going to read this either. And once I kind of put it to bed and, like, <laughs> like I didn't read that anymore, yeah. it totally changed my life. Yeah. But I'm with you. Uh, yeah. It didn't take me long to see one kind of, like, Ooh, comment. Yeah. I'm like, okay, where's that guy from? Yeah. He's, he's, he's so calm. Ready to go to blows. If I... It, I'll find you, you know. Like, it's easy to find you on media now, too. Don't I, piss me off. I know. And then, you know, I think that's, again, uh, Aaron's demeanor, Aaron's, like, whole aura. Well, you can't. Him. You can't even be like that. I think know? if you're like, famous so in any I – mean, and, and let's be real. No, he, I mean, like, he's just so calm. He's right. Like, I would always be the guy, like, get out of his way, you know, and he'd yeah. just be like, Rich, you know. If race days, I'm fired up. Aaron is about <laughs> – as calm as it could be. Well, one yeah. of the guys had said, you know, I, I, I guess one thing, somebody didn't let him in the, in the gondola to go up. And they're like, dude, he was going up for his race run? If I was his manager, I wouldn't oh. let him in either. And, like, you, gotta, you don't know anybody. Like, then all of a sudden, everyone was, like, supporting him. And then, then you got this other guy saying something, you know. And, and I was just like, <laughs> I honestly look at it, like, because if you know Aaron. Yeah. He will win the World Cup and come over and fist bump someone he doesn't know. So he had promised me one time a pair of goggles. This is like a three-year promise. And we went on and on. And I love Aaron. I finally got my American flag ones. We're good. But he was going to give them to me after Andorra. My first World um, Cup that I was at, he got to the finish line. And I'm there. He looks through the crowd and sees me, has them in his hand. This little kid came up with some helmet that he had won or got somewhere that was Aaron's. And those goggles would have completed this little kid, half my size, which I'm not tall, so you know he was small. And Aaron looks over at me, and the kid's like, can I have your goggles, and can you sign this helmet that I won with? And he looks over at me, and and I just nodded, and he gave them to me. But then it took me three years to get my goggles. So, <laughs> I mean, that, you know, Aaron's like, I was going to bring them. And John's uh, like, he, I reminded him. Yeah. Like, he kept blaming John, and John finally was like, no, it's all Aaron. <laughs> you know, so. He's a good kid, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely, that's awesome. Definitely proud of I what think, he's yeah. done. I think it was cool this weekend to see that, you know, is what he portrayed on media at least. But like the the joy of mm. of performing the way that he knew that he could, yeah. right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, he just he never so makes excuses. That's one thing I love yeah. about there's there's a lot of those top writers making excuses. That's one. I don't know how you are when you were a manager. But going on media and making excuses of why you didn't do good. Oh, I got a flat. I got this. Well, everyone has that same chance from start to finish, right? So <laughs> I hate that. It's not what I expected. Well, duh. Who goes <laughs> out there and thinks, I planned on getting 25th. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so. It's exactly what I expected. <laughs> and I love that he, but he did it healthy. I do have to say that. Like, yeah, his training and his working out right now. And he told us that he's doing it healthy. He's, like, he's definitely, I think, just honest about it and, uh. It's a tough sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To, to, to do what um, 
to do what he's doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. But you wanted to talk about the Tomac team. I yeah, know. because, I, didn't. I mean, this is one of the, the things, you know, John Tomac is kind of, I don't want to say elusive, but not everyone gets the chance to, oh, to talk. Yeah. He's elusive. Elusive. Okay. We'll go so not everyone him. gets a chance to talk to him, right? <laughs> nope. And you, you do. You're I, still friends with I'm the Tomax. I'm still friends with the Tomax, but, I mean, I don't want to abuse that. And no. Uh, but yeah. so you said that, you know, you learned probably some of the most about. Um, Just about, you know, about life, but also about business and bikes and, you know, how those fit together. Uh, preparation, training. Um, so was he running the team when you were on it? He was, yeah. Okay. Well, him and his wife, Kathy. Okay. Uh, Kathy did a lot of the books. Okay. A lot of the payroll. Yeah. A lot of that stuff. Uh, and Johnny did a lot of the sponsor talks, a lot of the team preparation. At, when I signed with him, he still had, um, we called him Bicycle Bob, but um, Bob Gregorio was his mechanic, longtime mechanic. So he was still like tail end of his career, but like still handling it all. Yeah. So I got to see everything from how the trailer was packed. Um, just a lot of the early days was, you know, big eye-opening stuff. Like, sure. yeah, you know, you're going to get a stack full of clothes, but, you know, they better be clean when you show up. And I remember my first contract, I just told this story, but I'll never forget reading my first contract from Johnny. And uh, we got to, like, these clauses in there that were, like, for discipline. And he had the, well, I guess I call them classic because I had seen him. But, like, you ghost ride your bike, $250 fine. But uh, he got to the section where when you show up to the race, your bike in the bike box has to be clean when it shows up. And if it's not, it's a $250 fine. And uh, I remember thinking at the time, like, man, I've never seen that. Like, not that I really want to show up to the event, but I can right. clearly remember, ooh, I have a mechanic, you know, so I'm not going to, like, you know, dial my bike in right now before I get to the race when I've got yeah. my mechanic. Yeah. But uh, he <laughs> – he, uh, he, he had it in there anyways, I, and I remember going to the first race, and I cleaned the crap out of that bike, boy, when I showed up. It was sparkling, and uh, a teammate didn't, and uh, I mean, we were taking our bikes out, and that was, like, the first thing he said, and instead of it being like, oh, you got to find, he just went, you're not ready, and the kid just was like, oh, man, like, what do you mean I'm not ready, and that's all he said, but he wasn't. He was definitely not ready, like, yeah. You would see a crack. He started explaining later. I rode from for four years, but he was like, you'd see a crack on your bike. You'd feel uh, a bearing not right. You would see a frayed derailleur cable. And if you make a guy make and change that, you know, yeah. when we show up and we need that 15 minutes, that's not your time, you know, like, so you wow. owe me money. And uh, that set me on a, another good path. Of wow. like, you know, when I got a chance to be a manager, I wasn't as strict as him, but uh, I certainly had that like mentality that yeah. you better be ready and you better have a race program. And, and so, yes, that was the beginning days of, of learning. But beyond that, uh, he just became like a family friend. Yeah. And um, from stuff like watching how he, you know, brought Eli up. And I mean, we saw Eli when he was on 65, I mean, standing on milk crates, uh, yeah. doing gate starts at his house. Yeah. Meanwhile, it was 880 acres out in Cortez. But um, yeah, I mean, I can remember showing up to his house thinking, you know, I didn't know what to expect. He had a great guest house, modest house next to it. I thought that was great, but um, I remember, like, he got us all set up, and uh, it was, like, 6 in the morning. I'm hearing, like, the tractor and, like, stuff outside. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, because we just talked at night and went to bed, and I look out there, and freaking Johnny with his leather gloves, cowboy hat, Wranglers on, 
baling hay, you know, loading the tractor. I'm thinking, dude, you're a factory. What are you doing? <laughs> like, you got guys to do that? Yeah. And I literally, like, walked out there and looked at him, like, what are you doing? And he kind of looked at me, like, what are you doing? You know, oh, wow. like, are you an idiot? Like, you got to work. And, like, I'm like, no, where's your guys? And he's just kind of like, son, you know, like, this ain't how it is. Yeah. And, uh, get over here, get your jeans on. And we got to Balin Hay. I rounded some cattle up first day I'm there with him. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is Johnny T. Like, so he humbled me. He made me realize that this guy works his ass off. So yeah. that was my recollection of my first days with him. Yeah. And then I'd go to a race, you know, and you could tell and you could see what people thought of Johnny. Yeah. I mean, he was the guy. And how he handled that, how he perceived his life compared to that, that's the stuff I picked up yeah. on. Like, and I would try to project that onto Aaron. I would yeah. try to like use, I mean, he had to be so humble all the time, but I mean, I saw how hard he worked at home. Right. It was like, yeah, there's no getting around that. Yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah, it's funny. Uh, that, that part there is, is hilarious. Cause we just watched the moto and, um, one of the kids that was lucky enough to train with the Tomax is this guy, Jeremy Martin. Yep. And, uh, we, uh, were on a trip and, uh, it worked out where we could drive through Cortez. And so I called Johnny up. I'm like, yo T I'm going to be at your ranch in like two hours. He's sweet, you know, show up. So, uh, I'm rolling in and we go into the classic Teagle sign and I'm rolling up and I'm looking over there and like, I'm seeing the hay barn and everything. And I'm like, no way he's not there. Like it's not Johnny it's still doing that. And I pull up, and I'm, I get up to the truck, and I'm looking in the back, and it's Jeremy and uh, uh, Oldenburg, <laughs> no shirts on, uh, bailing hay work. up and onto the thing, just, like, looking at me like, you don't know, dude. You don't even know. Like, and you're like, oh, I do. And oh, I, I, I couldn't know. say anything. I'm just, like, a random guy showing up. They don't yeah. know who I am. Yeah. And I'm just like, like, oh, I've been there. And I'm like, oh, this is class. <laughs> and here comes Johnny walking in, like, looking over. He goes, you guys done? Like, doesn't even acknowledge, like, have you met the Hausmans or anything? Like, he's only worried about, you guys done? You know, like, anyways, it was pretty classic. So and when you said he had the dudes, he does. Yeah. It's just you were the dude. Yeah. You just didn't yeah. know you were the dudes for yeah. that. Yeah. But anyways, he uh, he instilled a lot of good stuff that you know I'm using today, and you know I was fortunate enough. Sorry. And you and your bro- sorry, you and your brother were on that team also. I was right? on for a couple more years than him, but one of the years him and I were on together. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, in training with him, mm-hmm. did he did he find some things because of your your unique size? Did he mm. figure out how to get that? that I don't power know if it was working? my size. Um, I think it was a combination of everything. His confidence. Um, I remember literally being in his office the first year I was signing with him, and he was like, "Oh, we got a five-year plan," and uh, and I remember thinking to myself, "Like, wow, five years!" Like, you're like, "I'm trying to get through this right year. now." You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Isn't but, that funny uh, how kids want that? Yeah, like, yeah. Right now, I was definitely ready to go, but um, you know that that particular time frame and, and how he exe- uh, explained that really got me into that like focus, but. Um, in the training side of things, I think instead of it being something particular for me, he was definitely doing specific downhill training at the time. He had already done the cross country thing and dominated that at the highest level. And he knew how to do that, but he obviously knew that is not how you become a downhiller. So he had already done, I think a lot of forward thinking training for downhill. Okay. And that was great timing for me. Um, I'd done some training on my own, but not really specific. So 
I mean, one example is, uh, <laughs> I remember using the, the big medicine balls you, you stand on. He had them like three lined up and uh, right in front of his grass, in front of his house. And we were getting ready to go do some training. And what we would do is like, um, uh, we would bounce on them on our knees and then get off of them and then go to the next one. And he would have someone there like pushing you and stuff. But before we did it, he had me go put my goggles and helmet in a pair of bars and like jump on it with my knees with it all there. And you know, his point was, is like, we gotta make it somewhat similar. So literally anything we did, like his, his uh, pull bars at his house were all mountain bike bars that he rode on his bike. So, and the grips. So it was like, and anything that were balance wise, he'd hold a pair of, grip of bars. Um, you know, landing off of boxes, he was doing back then, he was doing a lot of split leg stuff, but he would always say, land like you're on your pedals. Land like you're on your pedals. And which is totally different than a traditional sport right. two-footed land. Right. So <clears throat> whether it was working or not, yeah, he had me convinced, and to this day, I was never in as good a shape as I was with Tomac. My best downhill days or racing was with Tomac, okay. for sure. A couple of top 10 World Cups yeah. and stuff like that. That's cool. So he had me on the right path. Yeah. There. What was your favorite World Cup r race to do? Ooh. Um, favorite? Well, I'd, I'd probably obviously pick um, in 97, I won this uh, at the time. It was a World Cup, but it was a dual slalom. So I won this uh, World Cup dual slalom in Virginia. So that one might rank right up there. But um, I got a ninth at Arai Japan, and I loved going out there because it just felt like way out there. And uh, the way you got to the venue, the way you had to stay out there. I, I did it on a Tomac uh, as well. And so Johnny himself was a legend in that particular country and stuff like that. So the experience itself was pretty rad. Yeah. But uh I would have to think that Arai ranks right up there just because I know I did well. But uh, the, the Mount St. Anne World Cups were always badass. Yeah. I really love that yeah. venue and that yeah. place. So I think it's obviously still going today. But Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, th I brought up the, the training thing because I've had the opportunity to ride with you a little bit. And, and even seeing you before, before I rode with you um, is the power that you put down. Mm. You know, and I mean, explosive power. And I know that comes from BMX but some of it's your size, mm -hmm. your strength, mm -hmm. you know, and all that stuff. But I see, I see how Eli rides. Yeah. And Eli rides with a lot of power. And a technique. And of, yeah. yeah. You and know. Maybe even specific towards it. I think, yeah, uh, Downhill was making a big shift during that yeah. time. And Johnny's knowledge about taking his World Cup days at cross country, he had already dominated and started dominating at the downhill level, but yeah. doing it under totally different training. Right. And so... I think I was able to feed upon some yeah. of that. That's awesome. There's some stuff I'm sure Aaron himself uh, in, in, in the training he was doing while I was uh, in his camp, I think was changing the game a yeah. little bit. Uh, and uh, the late Steve Smith, who I think also uh, was at the time on the cusp of some training stuff as well that uh, helped progress yeah. the sport. And those kids today are some strong yeah to do yeah it's, do. it's funny how you you see shifts right in the sport i mean i think sam hill was a big one mm -hmm. because he kind of changed some so you <laughs> know he worked he worked with not he's small yeah and it, you know I, I always thought it was funny because everyone's like set up their bikes like sam hill at the time and i'm just like 
he's five five. <laughs> You're six foot. Like you right. shouldn't set your bike up the same. But whatever. Right. Yeah. But you know, he kind of did some line choices and some things like that yeah. that were pretty unique. But that was again a shift in the bikes and the the courses. And then he kind of just he right. he read into that. But then Aaron came along, and it just yeah he progressed the, the way that he stays neutral on the bike and it looks like he stays neutral but it's so subtle some mm-hmm. of the things that he does because everything's just right like i think the the yeah. setup i don't know i don't know if we all know or anyone really knows but um yeah yeah we all definitely got to see some of the progression just you're right neutral or just demanded a lot out of the front of his bike yeah and so fork setups and fork development it uh it progressed a lot a lot of things have changed but that <sighs> that fox fork has kind of just stayed the same on there huh <laughs> that's been a, that's been a mainstay yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and and aaron was smart enough to once he had he's pretty particular yeah um he knows what he wants but uh yeah once it was working yeah <laughs> uh he stuck with it yeah um, yeah there's been a few in, uh that have come in and uh, let him ride some stuff sure oh yeah sure uh, i'm sure it's not there's more out there yeah yeah uh, so uh <laughs> we, we, we've, we've tested a lot yeah. of stuff. <laughs> he probably wouldn't tell all those stories. No. Oh so, so going with, with uh, as you were winding down with your career and you saw you jumped in with Hook It, and, mm. and a lot of people have heard that story. Um, we, were, we were listening to the Downtown podcast actually on the way here just to kind of catch us up mm-hmm. on, on some things and so that we didn't. Yeah cover all the same things or whatever right but uh you kind of saw that and you were i think probably getting married at the time and close enough yeah and yeah it was right around the same time you know and so steady paycheck was like yeah it was, was one of those time frames where i was definitely not wanting to quit uh, yeah. racing as a pro but i was like almost forced into like there's got to be something else yeah there's got to be something else like you know, this fifteen grand a year as a mm. as an adult just isn't <laughs> cutting it. You, know? yeah. you can't make a living on that no. in California. Come on. And so the timing of it, the the scenario, everything about it was fitting in line. And uh, yeah, that enticing part of it was: you mean I don't have to race for a roof over my head? Yeah. Like no way. Yeah. And the fact that um, Scott and RJ, um, the founders, they they also encouraged me to go. So immediately i had a dual mentality of like okay i got to be on the factory team but then i got to go set up back then it was called sponsor house yeah this sponsor house tent and giveaways and you know stuff like that yeah. and, and talk to a lot of grassroots kids but then like okay take that hat off run over to the factory team and like okay get ready to race and so but i learned later that man did i learn a lot yeah doing all that and after a couple of years of that you kind of like i i heard you say that you figured out how the biking became your out. Mm-hmm. It totally. wasn't. It wasn't your paycheck. It was your out, and now it's like, oh, I can just go and enjoy this. And yeah, you actually yeah. had some of your best performances. That's totally true. Which was backwards from you know my BMX career because obviously yeah. I had a lot of success as a kid and um, almost got burnt out later on. But uh, it worked out a little differently with yeah. the mountain bike thing. I mean, I always joke around and say, dude, I had to race like Carter and Lopes my whole career. Like, come on. Yeah. What did you want me to do? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're still fast, you know? <laughs> right? I'll tell a lope story real quick. So I went and did an over the hump race. Yeah. I don't know, two months ago, yeah. <laughs> something like that, <laughs> right? And it, me, 
you know, thinking, well, I'm always about challenging myself. Like, I always get in way deeper well, first than of I all, should. He wouldn't want to go do this had he still been heavier. Oh, yeah. No, as no. he's become lighter, and I'm sure this is your mentality, you can go faster, right? Oh, so I'm all a, of a sudden, I'm he likes climbing. He's always loved climbing and loved the Sufferfest. It's a different Sufferfest now, right? So he thinks he's going to show up. Well, he thought he was going to show up. Yeah, ever so o- over the hump, Elite Masters. <laughs> Okay, first do you guys ever start up a sport beginner? Do no. you guys ever do those yeah, races? A, okay. a friend of ours, he, he told me, he looked at me, and he's like, you know, there's like five classes at Over the Hump in between like <laughs> beginner and elite masters. Like you could yeah. have chosen any of those in between. You went from beginner two years ago to elite masters. I'm yeah. like, ah, whatever, I got to challenge myself. <laughs> so this went well. Yeah. So, the, you know, they say go, dude, fully pinned out of the gate. I'm just like. I can't get my heart rate that high. Lopes is just gone. Gone. <laughs> Lopes, Jeff Ward, uh, Victor Sheldon, like yeah. all these guys oh are boy. going, and yeah, I'm just that's like the crew there. I'm like, holy crap! Yep. Like, really? No, those guys this are this is haunches. They're like, it's a road bike race. On oh dirt. yeah, it's, it's a, a fu- crit. It's a full-on dirt crit for <laughs> sure. I've never raced road, but that's as close as I've ever come to it. I was lucky enough to not have yeah. to do cross country. I, yeah, I attempted a few races. I probably can still count on one hand how many cross country I've done. I just raced life. yesterday. <coughs> he just did Rim Nordic yesterday. Rim Nordic. Second, he got second. Second place. Good, good job. Expert good job. man. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, Once I again, never found the love. I don't know. I just enduro is about cross country enough. <laughs> <laughs> Pedaling to the next stage. That's <laughs> cross country, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, Unless you're in Shasta, in Shasta it's cr- it is definitely still because, yeah. yeah, like they were on their bikes for eight hours up there. Uh, and like transitions were 10 miles apart and at the top of a peak, yeah, no well chairlift. I just saw um, Shane Leslie's dad, John. Oh, yeah. Just did the BME in, in uh, Durango. Yeah. Yeah. And he posted a thing. He's like, 40 miles in a day? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crazy. No, we're good. So once again, so I have my Levo. I still like my – I don't like yeah. climbing. Yeah. Everyone's yeah, like, oh, you could go – they in. said you could climb anything. I said, yeah, but my legs <laughs> still say it hurts and get off. Like, I'm good walking. It has a, it has a walk boat. I'm good. Right. <laughs> yeah, so you spent your career racing these guys, and then uh, you kind of get a, a break at the end because yeah. you're not having to perform. Yeah, right? I mean, There's just nothing the pressure was off on some of the, the demands to be the racer. I did take the job at Sponsor House and then, you know, quickly realized, like, wow, like, this is a real job. Mm-hmm. And um, then got my taste in, like, oh, I still want to race and I still want to be a pro, but you have a job. Yeah. I mean, I was walking the courses and, you know, my boss was calling me on my yeah. cell phone asking me, like, yeah. what is my Excel sheet going to look like? And, and I'm like – hold on a second i gotta find this rock you know like yeah <laughs> okay you know, and then but i mean juggling that and and having to go through that today i think i'm still using those those lessons um but i got to transition into that desk jockey life i call it but uh it was also something that i hadn't learned yet yeah um, i hadn't seen that back-end business i hadn't i knew what a logo on a jersey was and i had gotten the jerseys but i didn't know what it meant, meant. Right. so having to be able to like listen to that learn it and i'm still learning um i learn something new every day but that has also been a big transition for me and i'm now uh gonna go on 18 years here at wow. hook it and oh um, my gosh that i'm proud of first of all it's yeah, been a absolutely. big chunk of my life um you know this house and a lot of the stuff that <laughs> yeah is around it's not because of my bicycle it's because i took that job and i'm still learning and it's still going and 
but uh, to be able to have that side combined with my younger side yeah. of being on teams, I think has been an advantage. Um, but it's uh, not one I want to like overlook. It's right. just that uh, uh, it's helped me kind of normalize some stuff today. Like you were talking about magazines earlier in our thing here, and like you know, I, I actually use it often. Like social media is magazines mm -hmm. yeah. and you need to c at least come close to treating it like that if you're an athlete now right. everyday people and i don't mean that bad <laughs> but like that's a whole other game yeah but like if you're an athlete representing a brand there's definitely the same fundamentals apply yeah. like you tuck yeah. your jersey in you smile you right. don't show up with your stuff dirty you don't make logos blurry like yeah. You know, come on. Like, yeah. how many of those do you see on magazines? Well, we always talked about that. So, what, I mean, I know with Hook It, but, like, when you had the Trek development team, um, you know, we don't think Jay and I didn't watch and try to learn, too, because here we, we were like, oh, well, we can do it. And the reason, I don't know if you know this, but Jay and I took that team that we had and went to the, we called it the elite team, because with the Trek team, it was like, all right, you turned 18, you're out of the junior, because it was junior elite. You know damn well those kids at 18 are not ready to go race World Cup on their own. Mm -hmm. But you had your program. We wanted to help with that program. You're the reason why mm. cool. Colby, our common friend from ODI, was right. like, okay, so how can we make this yeah. work? And that's why, honestly, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you ever knew that about Jay and I, that that's why we took well, it no, to that been, next level. I definitely always, you know, felt like you guys were a counterpart out there doing a lot of the same stuff, which was always nice to see. I think uh, <coughs> the way – the programs that I was involved with worked out. I knew there was an end game. Um, I never did have a plan to once they did go maybe close enough to that pro rank or sniff it a little bit. Yeah. Like it was going to be kind of like on your own. So yeah. that if you guys were stepping in and, and, and buffering that and, and providing a, another step in between, it was going to be huge for the kids. And, yeah. you know, times changed too. I mean, yeah. early on I might have said, oh, I do have a plan. But then – as time went on, I think uh, I, we were learning as we went, and you know, uh, it definitely wasn't like a ever a negative, but it was certainly something like uh, sponsors and the way they interpreted the program. Um, right. I might have, I might have like, sh you know, went out too big, too quick, because as soon as results weren't maybe looking like they were going to happen at the pro side, it was like an immediate clip of. Yeah. of product of support uh, right things of that nature so i didn't i didn't leave with a salty taste it just i left learning more like wow like i would have needed to plan a little better to maybe where you guys were fitting in there yeah because uh <coughs> i to be honest i didn't go through that I, I was lucky enough to transition right in it was like you were there boom yeah. well so and, and thus i mean let, let's you know you had john buckle who's a great friend of ours like you know who Great ambassador for bikes in general. Was he ever going to be that World Cup? Who knows? But at, at our, what we've seen was someone who was great for the bike industry. Sure. People loved him. So we had him, because then that's when Jay thought Enduro was going to, you know, they went and did it because Enduro was getting well, paid, right? Well, it was right? funny because so before he was even on our team, I was talking to him, and he calls me up, and he's like, Jay, I just got a call from Rich Hausman, <laughs> and I can be on his team. And I'm like, 
Go. Go. Uh, he's, he can offer you more than we can at this point, so just go. Yeah, and, but, you know, it's cool because he always asked advice or did things. Yeah. But then, you know, so, and, and honestly, I'm like, how can Rich, and I used to say this, I would tell Jay, how can Rich in his right mind be like, okay, you're 18, there you go, good job. You know, and, and I know you knew talent, so it's like, and I knew it wasn't you, it was the program, and Jay explained that to me over and over again. And because I knew, I mean, you know, one of the ones more recent here is we got Charlie Harrison, you know, you, you and we got Cole Suedos, who you helped to begin. Like, I love the fact that, and you have to look like we were part of their lives growing into this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and we had Bruce Klein. You had Charlie, who was at neck and neck at all the races. And, you know, when they stopped worrying about each other, then, you know, then things happened. Instead <laughs> of just, we're at Fontana and they're worrying about each other. And yet, World Cup's like, you don't need to worry about each other, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know the, the the yeah those are those are all learning experiences too. I mean that you got an 18 year old, 16, 17 year old kids who were wanting to conquer the world. Yeah. Now. Yeah, like right now. And yeah. uh, I, you can only help so much, and then mm-hmm. you can't ride their bike for them. Um, and it's up to them. And then then you got personalities that oh. are different, and and then the sport isn't very friendly to yeah. the business side all the time. I mean, there's things that happen that aren't fair. Yeah. There's things that are happening that are kind of like fair for one and not for the other. Right. And one kid got that call in before you and it was already allocated and it's not like you're not worthy, but right. there was a lot of stuff that, you know, yeah. I learned throughout that process. Well, we didn't have the budget. Like, I mean, that, that track was like, here you go here. We're, we were ballers on budget, but we always, one thing I always take pride in is we always go out, you know, this looking factory on our, on our, mm-hmm. Ten dollars, you know, <laughs> like you know, Jay's like, can we pay for the race? I'm like, sure, I'll take it for my yeah. check this week, you know, like, right. and we did. We paid a lot of things out of our own pocket because we didn't have money, but we believed in the kids, yeah. like, you know. And nowadays, like, I don't know if any of them really realize, like, hey, we didn't get money. Like a lot of times, you know, that was my gas money, or you yeah. know, I ate bologna sandwiches for a week because <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. And and so it's so funny on how what you, even you sacrificed things with your family and time and. I know we have, you sure. know, and it's just like, wow. The life shuffle definitely got its way uh, to to put it in there. And I think uh, from what I took back from those days of track, and you, we did a specialized thing as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was the structure that was fun. Um, Aaron was our mentor every time. And to be able to have these kids look up to Aaron, it was right. such a blessing for me because, you know, half of them don't even have a video or f- magazine clipping of me like i wasn't fast anymore i was already the old guy but aaron presented that like guy that who would want to be and they then believed me if i wasn't part of aaron's circle so right that whole circle thing of how it was being portrayed and and whether the budget was there yeah we got great support but i think we also did a lot with what we had yeah um, the kids learned a lot, I, although there was t- actually times when I kind of wished that we wouldn't have gone too big, too right. quick. I would have liked to see a little more struggle in between there, whether that ended up catching itself or catching up to itself down the road. Um, we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> but yeah. uh, well, I, you know, I know on a couple of kids it has with our program, and, yeah. you know, because you know, we gave you stuff like, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're on a team that doesn't have all that, yeah. but it's a factory team. Right. And they're like, they'd come over and like, do you have a wheel? Yeah. Do you have this? You know, and they're on another team and sure. it's like, wait a minute, you know, yeah. I'm still friends with most of them. And that's kind yeah. of been the, the cool part is as I've gotten, you know, further on now, it's like, how crazy is it? Yeah. It, it's, right? it's, uh, maybe the things that I wasn't realizing that I was teaching and, uh-huh. and that they were picking up on, 
are the things that they're using today. And yeah. it, oh, you, yeah. know, you can look a certain way and you can be on a certain part and then you're amongst the group. But I do think it's the in between the races and it's the, you know, sitting down next to someone after a race or, you know, maybe some of the little stuff um, yeah. that picked up on whether it was me or Aaron. Um, right. Uh, is probably some of the more prouder moments I have of having those teams. We did have all the parts and looked the part and did all that great. But um, some of these kids are still really successful yeah. and uh, still doing it and, and still acting a certain way. And that's but it's cool, see. right? Like that's what we, we talk about that. Like we've had our successes too, but you know, the, the cool part is like Jared Hansen for one, Boy couldn't make his bed for the life of him on the team, right? But then, you know, here all of a sudden, he had to leave the bike industry, stop riding his bike. He's selling construction site job yeah. tools. You know, great. He made ninety thousand dollars, hundred grand, right? But he's like, man, like. But yeah. he called us one day and he wanted to have lunch because he wanted to. Th and we, we never got a hook up like that. We talked, but he just wanted to thank us for being that part in his life. Mm -hmm. And it's like to make him where he's at today, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe not at the river drinking, but we're, we're good, you know, but you can learn a lot on the road, right? <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. It's those little things and it's cool, yeah. you know, and, you know, and, and Bruce Klein, like being in the Marines now, you know, like it's just, you see those and it's like, wow, like it, it's cool. You know, well, one of the things I, and another thing that I look at rich with is you have an eye for that talent for sure. Yeah. Because you've, you've brought on a lot of the kids that we were, I don't know, you know some of that's luck I, I don't know like I mean because some of these programs I was involved with you know the eyes were on them a little bit but then you know then some of it has been kind of watching kids well too. I mean so like with us it was Cole Suedos because I know you were helping him out you mm -hmm. weren't really in a position to other than you had some bike parts I yeah think, that, like that you know, that was towards the end um, yeah. And, and I'll got to credit Matt Ortwine, who was one of the guys who okay. actually told me about him. Um, he had already been talking with him, and I forget he knew his dad from something. But yeah. uh, he definitely was like, hey, give this kid a shot and, yeah. and, and look at him. And, and it, you know, fell into both of our laps, yeah. one of those things. And, yeah, I mean, he was yeah. extra talented. And yeah. he definitely has some factors even today that I think are unique about wanting to ride so much. Like, right. he just – won't put his bike down. Oh, dude. You know? Oh, you mean at a race? And we're so, like, only yeah. do so many practices. You got to, you well, know, we'd be like, how many does Aaron do? Yeah, like, look at this. And he's a, like, he'll I'm do a good. He'll race Sunday and guaranteed he'd want to ride Monday morning. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Well, and probably uh, something like the pump track where you'd be like. In the heat dude? with like, no shade. And well, yeah. Bootleg. Right. <laughs> I'm always like, okay, running a team. I'm like, do three practice runs on Saturday. Like, save your bike, save your body. Right. Like, take your time. Figure yeah. out the track. <laughs> Yeah, you know, dude, six a.m. He's dad's already done three runs. Yeah, his dad's done shuttled him for three runs. You know, and and I'm just like, holy laws, laws, come shuttle me. Let's yeah. go. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I don't like riding so, that hill, well, much less driving yeah. up there, right? I think kids like that, and when you do get a chance to work with them, you know, I do think there's also some levels out there where not every kid gets exposed to <coughs> having that much product support. So, mm -hmm. what I actually ended up helping them realize was this you know extra set of wheels helps you go faster during the week which is going to make you faster on race day yeah. and so that mentality of just having the new product in the garage was the first step of being kind of like get past that cool factor right but now go ruin that wheel today and that kind of was like what do you mean ruin that wheel well we have a spare one and we have that time that it's going to take to take that ruined one to send it back and so that's so you don't go slow today. 
and that really got those kids realizing what product meant yeah. and what are we going to use it for. Yeah. And uh, I still think there's 16, 17 year old kids with a bunch of free product. That's that's like up for grabs. <laughs> how that's going to go every time. Um, yeah. But when they actually applied it to their racecraft and to their program and they like knew what it was going for, I think that was a learning experience. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was cool. We got it. And it was great that we got that support, but you had to also use it. It wasn't just getting it, well, which just was cool. It go back to you and your brother who you said, yeah, we just broke that, but we have another one in the van, right? Like right. your so-called privateering years, right? right? You knew it was there. So but you're that was going, a plan. I mean, I wasn't joking. You right. know, but you're like, going balls out. That's right. So that way, if something breaks, you have backup. There's yeah. no downtime. That's not in your mind to worry no. about. We knew we didn't right. have the time to fix it. We knew the only time we had was that short window to change it. That's yeah. what we knew. We right. didn't have a mechanic. So, yeah. you know, they, they bought into it and we might have a few extra, of, you know, at right. the end of the year. But on the other hand, it helped so much. So, yeah, yeah. I mean. It's part of that preparing for races. Your, yeah. your head's got to be clear like, oh, God, I can't. So we just had, <laughs> we had a, a rim break on one of our kids. He was texting me three hours before the race yesterday. And he's like, Lala. They're in Idaho. They're in Idaho. <laughs> yeah, not, I'm here. What are we, you know, and, and he's like. And I said, well, that rim strip's made to hold that wheel together. And I know it has, if it's done at bootleg, it's going to do it where you're at, right? Yeah. And um, sure enough, raced on it. Like, <laughs> he goes, it's substantially worse, you know. But, but I'm like, just run it. I'm like, but I don't want you to run it if you're worried about it. He goes, yeah. I'm not worried about it. I said, he goes, if you're saying go, I said, go. Go ruin it. It's kind of amazing what some stuff can make down the hill. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. He ended up getting like eighth. And yeah. so he did good, you know. But <laughs> it's still that, right? <laughs> I don't yeah. know that. I, I go down and wave. I don't have that race mentality, so I don't know what it's like. To, it would have way lasted another year for me, correct, right? But it, it's still that, like knowing you can do something with what you have, right? But I know I know. even even now yet you're not necessarily in a position to, like, team manager or anything like that, but you still keep your eye out for talent. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, who, who, who's on your radar now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he tells that it wouldn't be on his radar. No, because he's, he's told me already um, about some over the last year or so. Yeah, there's. I don't definitely have one kid in particular or anything like that. Um, but more recently, whether it's been through the grapevine or whatever, there's been a few kids talking um, about just training and stuff like that. I ran into a, a couple local kids that are here in our neighborhood that uh, is fun to help out. Um, I did just the other day do a clinic with a uh, another 16-year-old kid, 15-year-old kid that <coughs> does some enduro that got those juices flowing again. Um, but the the eye for talent is something that either I'm going to just keep doing for the rest of my life or, you know, you run into someone that might have a good shot. But um, I'm still great friends with Colby yep. over at ODI, yep. and I still do get some good support of my own still from longtime sponsors. So usually if someone is you know around the desk or that, that we're hearing about i'll speak up and yeah. i'll put in a good word and that's luckily been fortunate for some kids yeah and helping them down the road but uh yeah i don't know um uh, it's, it's well it's cool i i just love it because i love the sport that's mm -hmm. why i do it right. you know there's no other reason because sure. i just i love the sport and what it provides for you know what we've talked about the out and yeah. just 
mental health, right. you know, right. all that stuff, physical health. For sure. are, are you like the Simpson brothers? If you haven't ridden your bike or moto in a while, you're like, your wife's like, go outside. Yeah, okay. no, it's, it's for sure <laughs> like that. And maybe that's the, tr that's a bit of the, the later years too. Like, uh, um, you know, racing as a pro and, and going through all those years, there was obviously times when it was super fun, but then there was times when it was not that fun. You mm -hmm. know, the traveling wasn't that fun and the, right. the behind the scenes stuff. So this part of my career, being able to just get on my bike and go down a trail for no reason yeah. is so much fun. So, uh, I'm definitely that type though. Like if I don't have my bike, uh, for a couple of weeks or something like that, then I'm a different person until I do. Yeah. But, uh, you're yeah. like dad's eating in his room in his office tonight yeah. not with the yeah. dinner day with the kids <laughs> my well, kids and their soccer have fulfilled a little bit of that competitive fire um being able to go and like watch them has been uh new but uh i i find myself like sweating it out with them you know like yeah. I'm, I'm like right there with them so that's been a, a good different experience yeah now, on, on all this talent, I, okay, I never understood, honestly, what Hook It was or Sponsor House. I knew which, I knew kids got sponsors, and it was, it was at a discount, blah, blah, until Jay explained it to me probably about a year ago. I really understood it um, because you guys had had a conversation, and he learned some stuff from you on a podcast or on an open phone call with Shimano or something one time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so Jay learned some stuff, and he, a, a couple years back, and he took that to the kids, like, about media. and sure. So it was really cool because, so for all those people listening and all that, explain what Hook It is. Yeah. It, well, there's that question. There's that question. Oof. Well, y y 18 uh, years, it's provided a life, and, yeah. and what is but it? But it also, you know, I mean, even today, like, within the last month, uh, we merged with a big co company, core software which puts another you know page in the story mm -hmm. um which you know we could explain that but i think in general hook it and what started out as sponsor house is a place for brands and athletes to connect online um in a framework of support from discount up and into factory levels but not in a case where you're getting offered factory levels through this through the site yeah um certainly a foot in the door lends itself and then it works your way up um in that 18 years social media get, got its foothold and um what started out as a site that was purely a race resume to show a brand online quickly needed to have a digital component to it needed to look outside of magazines needed to like right. really look at the digital world so the hook at score was inter introduced and um, that brought in the component of race results, practice, and then media, digital media. And those three components together produced this hook at score. And I guess that put itself in its, uh, its own motion. And um, today hook it has a couple main business uh, sets or, you know, two businesses. One of them, which has gained the most momentum in the last 10 years has been purely focused on social media data but in the world of sponsorship and in the world of branding um and that's just uh we could probably leave it there and say there's a lot under that um and then the the legacy side of the business or actually my boss doesn't like me to use legacy but the uh the the old school um side of the business which was race resumes online brands offering support in the form of uh discounts is is offered um but digitally so no paperwork exchanging hands and then the kids being ranked and re rewarded based on those hook it scores um, okay. 
that business model is still alive and it's for the last three years i've actually manned that up uh single you know just myself uh, while the rest of the business has just been exploding um with my ears to the ground though and then like listening in on what's happening in that world of social i've definitely been able to like grab chunks of that and keep it going in in this legacy side of the business but um, i'm still learning yeah. a lot every yeah. day and and even <laughs> there's no end in sight right about, i mean social media is clearly here to stay but yeah. then like the whys and what everybody's talking about and all that i, th I try to keep it focused on at least the stuff that i've learned yeah. um, through sponsorship i mean right. i always say i don't care what you had for dinner and if you're going to put that on, on instagram like i can't tell you what to do on that like or your dog or you know your family stuff like that's everyone's own choice but there are fundamental things that need to be done yeah. on, on media if you want a result right yeah, I mean, yeah if you're looking at it from a, yeah through the athlete if you're lens, looking at it through right. a business that's yeah. why i mentioned all, that's i can still find the synonyms or the synergy between magazines and social media right it's yeah. like if you're gonna take a photo with your jersey on right like you're clearly going to make sure it's clean and the logos can be seen and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've tried to use as much fundamentals as I can, but um, as far as what hook it is, that's clearly what it is today. And um, so is that for like, say someone is a, is it like for grassroots and up? Is it anybody definitely starting? Definitely for grassroots up. And okay. even for, even before grassroots. Like, even, hey, I'm liking like, this. And like, I don't out. even know what a jersey is yet, but I have a bike. Um, is a great place I went to, to my start. first race and I'm hooked yeah right yeah because clearly everyone at some point is going to say are you sponsored or am I or could I or something along those lines so I think it's at that point we can be uh, really just an amazing source um, because you are going to get a communication back from a brand that's going to look and sound and be exactly like you would have in the form of paperwork so yeah. you have obligations you have things you need to do clearly you're getting in and at a level so the right then and there you know there's levels above so what do i need to do but the, it's written so challenge yourself yeah, to go up and sure up. so then you have your hook it score and yes better hook it score better deal is like the the mindset but that's not like this you know that's not written in stone well i'm never gonna get on there because <laughs> i don't i you have could. no race mentality you, could, you, you remember totally remember could. rich i'm the one that waves in my race run <laughs> well maybe there's, that's there's value in that maybe that's where i could tell you that i learned a lot is of course what since i was four years old winning races was the thing and that's what you're supposed to do but <coughs> you learn really quickly that media has its value right yeah. and uh there are people you know the the waivers in the crowd are have their value <laughs> right and um yeah there's definitely well, some some yeah unique ways of and that's what value. jay says i don't do a whole lot of media like next to none I think I have like five posts. This I was more the soccer checking on my kids and what they were doing, and you know, and um, it's funny because Jay always said if you do media, like you'll blow up because like I just have that yeah. personality and that thing. But it is like another job though, so I do sympathize with the athletes today that I didn't actually have to go through a lot of that. Even yeah. right. even the tail end of my mountain bike career, we didn't really have social media yeah. that much. So yeah. no, but magazines came out what monthly or biweekly on some of them. So we did you have know, the magazines, and that was your social media, and so. You but know. you got to prepare for those. Like, oh, the, yeah. you know, like these are like, oh, we're at a race. Hold on. Snap a picture. Right. Yeah. The magazines you go and set up, you're ready for it. Like it's almost and or someone happened. One of the photographers out there would 
catch a great picture of you and you'd submit that and you hope that that got you hope, you yeah. hope that went in there you know yeah, now yeah. it's like everyone sees everything you put up which it's sometimes totally isn't the true. best yeah right i think with the trained eye i think you can clearly see who's pro and who's not yeah mm-hmm. like i know your iphones are great but like you know you obviously a pro photographer with an iphone is a lot better than you yeah you know? so yeah whether you can see that or pick it out and whether you care that that's being consumed or not those are also questions you need to answer for yourself but right. i've also you know been consuming enough social media to these days to know they're still pros they yeah. know what they're doing oh yeah and know how to deliver a, a great message in a perfectly focused you know image that's set up great with great lighting and all that stuff i mean yeah i mean maybe that's where the magazine stuff of actually doing a photo shoot at six years old like you know and saying that the light is good somewhere like i didn't know what that was until i did it yeah you know and if you see okay. maybe a picture that's not really lit well you know then you know oh, what you know are you taking your time or what's going on you yeah. know like well it's kind of like jay and joe and flooring like they'll tell you what's wrong with flooring like when they go somewhere because that's what their eye goes to because that's what they do right and so it's funny because we'll be in somewhere across the u.s or whatever and he's looking at oh, look at this flooring. Like, you know, <laughs> Joe will say that. Yeah. And it's like, really? We're in like, you know, yeah. so you it's know, that trained eye, right? The world's changing so fast. I yeah. mean, I know that, <clears throat> I mean, I've actually been able to, because of Hook It um, and because of the line of work, uh, what's new today is the name, image, and likeness stuff uh, for college athletes. And that just means can an athlete in college make money off their name, image, and likeness, which is just like getting your name in the magazine. Yeah. Right. So that stuff combined with... <laughs> Uh, how the whole world is looking at sponsorship, The it, a lot of it's like closing the loop. Like sticking ball sports and traditional sports really had no idea what it meant to like brand yourself. But a little BMX kid who had a nickname at six years old, he clearly knows how to brand himself, right? Isn't yeah. that funny? It's like natural. And uh, what's happening now is that the stick and ball world can do that now. So at six years old on your t-ball team, You'd be like trying to educate that kid. What's your brand? Yeah. Who are you? Right. Not what your jersey says. Yeah. And that's going to be a whole nother. Wow. Uh, Level. Uh, yeah. So a lot's happening with that. And it's been fun to kind of uh, view it from my eyes because I was a six-year-old kid with logos and stuff. Yeah. So a lot of it sounds normal to me. but right. uh, It's a world you grew up in. But yeah. Yeah. But today, yeah, like the the traditional sports world is really taken aback right now. Mm. It's we're only in like the year and a one and a half years of that name, image and likeness stuff being available. But I'm finding a lot of synergies between what's being said on ESPN compared to what we've been knowing for 20 years. Right. Um, It's just catching up. It's just catching up because on Instagram, you're an individual. So, yeah. Well, and I think harder too. How how televised is biking or what you were doing as a kid, like BMX, right? It had to be a really big race to see it on, on TV, right? Yeah. And we still don't get that coverage. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, you're risking your life more. And I, I'm not counting out any sport, <laughs> but, you know, you see some of these cornhole <laughs> champions on there, right? Know. <laughs> you know, know, or, you know. I like when I flip by and it's like on ESPN, there's poker. Right. Sports, okay. yeah, you, right. you know, yeah, and then here, <laughs> just like you said, it's hard to somebody saying, Oh, Aaron only got second or third, it's not good enough, but then you're putting your life at risk on some of that stuff to never be able to walk again. To you know, I mean, there's so much yeah. risk going out there, and you're watching that, right? So now they're catching up because it is that is that team, but you should be an individual. And Jay's always talked on our team 
The only we are a team. The only time we're uh, you're an individual is that start to finish. Mm -hmm. You go your. You, you, who cares about everyone else? It's your time. It's you. Sure. But in the pits, you portray just like same thing uh, on those contract. It's the name across your chest. It's yeah. your sponsors. It's yeah. you know because I mean, and I always got the rap for being, and I'm sure you heard this because you're out there. <laughs> I'm the I'm the bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I had rules. I just knew I could hear you before I could see you. There you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh shit, Lala's <laughs> around. Everyone duck. No, it was because no, it was because I was strict. Kids who were on the team were like, uh -oh. but I had rules, just like you said, two hundred fifty dollars. Two. Yeah. You didn't take it and be find, that strict with them. Find a half drink of water oh bottle. Oh my god. Yeah, the little Arrowhead water bottles. Yeah. Okay. You know how expensive those are oh when you're buying them, yeah. <laughs> and they only drink and they set it down like, and then and then you're picking up everyone's shirt. I ain't your mom. One, <laughs> one. Uh, and all I ask you to do is make your bed in the morning. Like it's not hard, right? Yeah. You know. And so, of course, because I had rules, yeah. you know. But I always like too, like with Jay and I, just because I'm not riding your speed, I watch a lot. I know mm -hmm. what it takes to get there, sure. you know, or your t style or. You know, you can ask Cole and a couple of the kids about moving their hips, you know, being stiff, you know. But, and then here Jay can ride with them, and he's giving them pointers, but you can't make your damn bed. You, got, you can't finish that water. So the best part is I started pouring water bottles in each other, so they're there full again, go. and I put them back in the ice <laughs> chest. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. come on. You know, when your baller's on budget, that budget costs, right? Yeah. So, but no, that was the thing. And so it's. It is all that. It's we, Jay's always pushed the media side, and it's funny because it's been our struggle too. Like oh yeah, because uh, you know I'm 53 years old. I'm not going to be the one to take on the media and, and do it. So no, but telling the kids, we count on the kids for th certain things, and then they look at it. They're like, I just want to ride my bike. I don't yeah. want you know. And so I know. it's. I think the longer I've gone, um, you know, maybe I don't know if I know my times right, but like when social media was getting its you know momentum, I was rah 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 on it like yeah you got to be on everything you got to do everything and then you know as i've gone on and you consume a lot of uh, mediocre photos and videos and you know it's just kids trying you're not faulting him for it but then when something is really good and you stop and you watch it all the way through it was like those moments i was taking and like oh, maybe we should wait you know maybe we should just like do this pro this like this and right so i'm starting to learn that uh you know, we don't know where all the trends are going to go, but certainly today, more isn't better. Right. Uh, we've learned that. And it took a time. It took time. Yeah. You know, like, I, I know when the classic is more hashtags, right? So you yeah. see some kids are, they got 15 hashtags. But if you just peeled one page back, which was this data page, and you look at how Instagram feeds the data to these third parties, hook it, it shows how little those hashtags past like the second or third one get clicked. So it's like, wh why waste your time on that 15th one at the bottom? Yeah. Um, that's <coughs> just an example where yeah. some kid who doesn't race, doesn't have a sponsor, doesn't care. And that 15th hashtag might get them one follower. That yeah. kid's amped, right? If you're the sponsor on the bottom of that 15th one and you never get clicked, you don't want to be razzing the kid for being 15th on the list. You want to stop him and say, could you do one this year where I'm first on the list? Yeah. That's worth 25 of those posts. Right. When right. you're 15th. So 
that's just looking at it from a data mindset, which yeah. that's putting my nerd hat on a little bit. Well, Jay learned that from you because then it, yeah, you called it promoted, a promoted a promoted post. Promoted post is a sponsor post. Well, yeah, and I don't know what else to say, but it'd be like the obligation to do a huck and ride yeah. post. Yeah. Something along those lines, yeah. which is just like a magazine ad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which well, is that's just like a, a, a an announcer's right uh, spiel about it. It's yeah. a commercial. It's everything everyone knows. Right. So the best part is you talked about that, and then all of a sudden Jay like got off the phone with on that phone conversation you guys were all on. And he's like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Look, I listen to Rich. Like, he took the whole book from you. Like, yeah. I think we well, opened Well, I'm just Rich. looking at it from the data side. It's not necessarily. No, it was awesome. And <laughs> when you see it from a data mindset, though, you want to make a decision off the data than yeah. you do just about the gut check. And no, right. it was awesome. I mean, you, and you're willing to share that. That's what's really cool. Like, you It's don't hard to share, though. I think, or not, not hard to share. It's, uh, it's hard to, like, uh, vocalize what you're trying to say because I don't think there is a lot of rules there's like right there's maybe a lot of fundamentals but yeah. when I say I'm learning stuff daily it's like true like yeah. we'll we'll learn you know about how TikTok is gonna send us data in a year from now it's like well, yeah it could like shape how they're the rest of the millions of people are gonna use TikTok so you like <clears throat> you're always learning and you know I don't, I don't know I think the the part about today where more was better that was actually not being said five years ago people were saying like more followers more 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 right. more and you kind of learn quickly that that more isn't is kind of taboo when yeah. it's it's not like an engaged crowd right. it's not right. people that care yeah. you know so uh, I don't know I'm, yeah. I try to use my like fundamental like straight yeah but then it's really hard because you get an anomaly all the time when some kid that you know, it's just a YouTube star and yeah. making millions. And oh, why? I, yeah. I oh, we, we trip out on the influencers. We've already had that yeah, conversation. Crazy, like, yeah. Well, but Jay came off of that phone call and because we were struggling, just like you said, with the media on the team as it is, he actually took a lot of stuff away from there and it's gotten better and easier. Has it gotten better? Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Cool. For sure. Streamlined it. And, you know, I've always... It's a struggle because you want to see more. Yeah. Because you, you kind of expect, it's like, okay, we just gave you a bike. Like, yeah. why can't yeah. put up a good post about a bike? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, right. just things like that. But then on the on the other hand, you're going, well, we want it to be quality sure. and and good. And yeah. You know, and so. Yeah. And one so video we had, you kept watching it for like two weeks. One of Thomas Lawson. Oh, my and gosh. We had a, a reel, uh-huh. you know, that just, I don't for some reason like most of our reels are like ah, you get like 2,000 people uh-huh. engaged or something uh-huh. this was like 40,000 people I'm uh-huh. like, on a reel and it was, was what's yeah. going on there like yeah. what what you know how, how can I figure this out yeah I know I think that's the other side too is once you've seen it and you see a spike you really want to figure out right why how? why how and then be able to recreate it right <clears throat> and I think <clears throat> that's probably been the good learning spot for myself is like once you've seen it what do you do with it yeah and if you can see it that decision on, on top of itself year over year getting better that's pretty rad and, yeah. and that's where i think data holds its power um, right you can make those gut decisions all day long and 
you hope you're going to be right. Well, and it's kind of one of those things that's always been said, right? If you can't measure it, you can't you can't right. grow it, right? right? Where you think how stupid, you don't need to measure everything, but you, you're looking on the back end of all that. Jay started after that phone call. I keep referring back to that Shimano thing you guys did because then he started looking at analytics of like going on the back end and seeing, well, this got this, this got this, okay. Less of this, like we could still do stories around races, like, right. you know, so it's pretty cool, but I mean. Yeah, the job side, though, maybe to round that back, on, I think learning about how digital and media fit into race and sponsorship was a pretty eye-opening experience, and how it's going to progress is even going to be more eye-opening. Yeah. Uh, who knows what is coming down the pipe, but I know that uh, it's here to stay. Right. Um, and you know there'll be less and less paper right. the, the more and more further we go and so uh, I'm pretty pumped to have and be behind the curtain for what we're doing and this new merger with Core was like uh, its own story but they're massive in doing their thing in the stick and ball world like with the biggest soccer clubs in the world and we were doing our thing with some of the motorsport stuff and things like that so it was like uh, we're going to try to take over the world here so this nice. just means you have job for another Twenty-five I years, you're good. So. <laughs> nice. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as I can still ride. Yeah. Right, exactly. All right. So and remember, Kenda's out there. Uh, we do have our Kenda tires out. Um, go to Huck and Ride Thirty on the website. Get what you need. Kenda's been a, a big sponsor of our team over the years and of Huck and Ride. Um, H u c k n r i d e thirty. Use the, uh, anything on the bike related. You can go get your tires at a discount. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to leave Rich with a – he can choose not to answer this. So I pose, uh -oh. this, I pose this question to, to a lot of our racer-type people. I've actually posed it to some non-racers too. But, okay, so the state of mountain bike racing in the U.S., uh -huh. okay, just where we're at. Yeah. And USA Cycling. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm putting you on the spot, okay? <laughs> uh -huh. And you can choose not to answer it. It's uh -huh. all. It's all. It's fine because I've I've stated my opinion about things, and I run a team, right. and I have to deal with these people. Right. But what's your opinion of uh, USA Cycling and 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 racing in the U.S. specifically? Uh, discipline with, racing. With yeah. What what with downhill? Downhill, not enduro. Uh, it can go. You can yeah, go because let's do gravity. Has, let's yeah. do gravity because enduro falls under gravity. Yeah. Um, hmm. I, uh, I think it's the gravity side has largely been behind the endurance side. Right. Ever since I made my first junior worlds team, the, f the several senior teams I've been on, it always felt like endurance had more support. Now, I was always quick to like take that in and go, oh, that's because it was always said it was an Olympic sport. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I couldn't win a medal racing downhill. Yeah. So it was like, eh, I get that. Like America needs medals. And if the cross country is the only way to get it, what am, who am I to say? Yeah. You know, right. so with okay. that in mind, um, I couldn't really get past that in my era because we never got to that. Yeah. But um, at that world championship level and kind of, what I uh, what I saw I I I saw teams from France and um, a few other countries doing things that were pretty pro back in the yeah. day. Um, 
with things like senior riders helping junior riders and things of that nature, um, a lot of a little more of a cohesive unit. And uh, I just don't know where all the excuses and finger pointing could go. Um, but I do think that uh, in order for it to get any better, um, I do think there's going to have to first of all be funding, um, but the why and where are these kids going and what are they doing and all of it combined. I really thought maybe Aaron's success would have set in motion some bigger right. programs, yeah. but I don't see that. Yeah. Um, and and I can't really speak for the USA Cycling because I'm not involved with that at right. all. But um, it, it would just have – I thought we would have spawned more development programs. Yeah. I mean, not that, that was our goal, but I would have thought his success, you know, those five world cha- world cha- titles. Right. I would have thought there was more happening, and it just didn't seem like that put in motion, you know, yeah. this big funding. Do you so. think? Do you think the size of the U.S. just the size of the continent of mm-hmm. North America mm-hmm. plays a part in it? Like, are we too spread out? Maybe. Maybe I don't know. Um, I know that <laughs> the other excuse I heard, besides there not being a, an Olympic medal, was just it's not on TV. It's not yeah. on TV. It's not on TV. Which I think Red Bull solved that. Yeah, um, they they clearly have the viewership and like the actual uh, numbers to prove that it belonged on TV. Right. But uh, I don't know if it ever crossed that like f- to household name, though. Yeah. You know, it's still that like eclectic thing you watch on Red Bull TV. Yeah. It's not on Fox Sports. Right. And although I'm hearing that through the outside mag or the outside and whoever owns the rights now, Discovery Channel, that we might start seeing it on. Okay. I'm seeing yeah, it more in commercials. I'm noticing more biking. Yeah. Like in car commercials or, yeah. you know, like get well, out there type things. When I came into the sport um, in the late 90s, it was still like downhill racing was still being shown on ESPN2. Yeah. And so the money was there. There was definitely, you know, yeah. it was 25, 30 deep into the downhill field that yeah. you were, I think guys were still signing, you know, $50,000 deals yeah. back then. So whether that was because of TV, I just think maybe that household name style where you right. you have a bunch of superstars against each other, n- no one really knows about that. Yeah. No one really knows about that. I right. mean, our world does. Yeah. But the general public that would, I guess. I, I never knew about, I mean, I was in the bike industry and didn't know the yeah. whole down, downhealing yeah. aspect of really it. It's not at the dinner table. It's like, oh, okay, baseball. I or mostly softball. get, uh, I don't know about you guys, but if, uh, if I'm talking to someone who really doesn't know, but then hears the word downhill mountain biking, they they say that thing that it's they jump off the cliffs. Right, they the think it's right. rampage, right? They Every they've time. seen a clip of For the rampage. last 15 years. Or I get I the customer, oh, yeah, I love going downhill, and you're looking at them, and they're on, like, yeah. no, you don't know the concept <laughs> of that. You know, but you, you yeah. can't say anything, right? Or, like, they don't understand that they're, you could time yourself. They, they, right. they see the guy jumping, and it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, you, you, you huck yourself down a hill. Right. But yeah, no. I, I think that's part of it. I, I also think the communication and their money's there. You have to buy a USA cycling license. Well, so there's money there. Where's yeah, all that going? I, and what are we doing? Is our downhill money going to fund the cross-country stuff? <laughs> you know, like you kind of start wondering. And I mean, believe me, uh, unlike as like you, we've been on the phones with USA cycling at a race because they don't have your kid entered in something, right? Like, yeah. and, and, there's you no know, cohesiveness. There's it's no, that, no communication. There's nothing. Yeah, and yeah. and it, you know I'm I'm glad you brought up like France because our first World Cup experience like we went and it was just so eye opening because I'm going okay 
these countries, yes, they're smaller and they're close-knit, but they are working together for the benefit of their riders. Mm-hmm. You know, their riders are first and foremost. And I almost felt like we were there and it was like, are the riders first and foremost with USA Cycling or is it these guys' vacation yeah. to go to world champs? Yeah. You know, and so... Yeah, that's yeah. a tough one. It's really, really tough because I, 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 I don't like, I, I, I don't like talking negative, but I really believe that that there's more to offer. Yeah, within the sport, there's probably that. I, I would say that it's hard to point the finger at. Um, well, back in my day, it was called Norba. Yeah, but uh, you know, it was also there was that finger pointing going on yeah. even back then, and yeah. and I think there's obviously there's always something more you can do. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if it is all one excuse or one particular yeah. thing. I think it's uh, just gone so far. Like no one, kno- it's so broken. Nobody knows how to fix yeah, it. Yeah. Or does anyone have the time? I think people who are, I'm not saying necessarily too. You know, you guys raced it, so you get stuff right. The people who are running, whether they're just ex- I mean, we've had some that weren't racers, who's never raced. Some it's just a job, yeah. and they don't understand the emergency at a race. Yeah. Um, and then you have the ones who are XC guys now taking on their part because they've seen issues, but then they get fed up because no one else gets it. Like yeah. we've heard all the stories too. We've, I've gotten called in in some meetings that for the junior kids, you know, yeah, because I, of I that. D- I don't know. I definitely there's no <laughs> would be put placing the blame on like a kid like Aaron uh, Gwynn either. But I do remember just speaking of France. Like, granted, it was Nicolas Vuillot who was winning all the world championships and stuff, right. yeah. but. You had Cedric Gracia, who was riding on the Sun Chippy team, but so was so was Nicholas Vuillot. and it was Nicholas, you know, uh, teaching Cedric as they were going. I mean, Cedric was 16, 17 years old, but I guess like that, I I don't know what would happen if Aaron came into USA Cycling and said, you know, or let's do, or yeah. let's let's put together something where you right. know, I'm going to be at, and I'm not saying that's what he should do. No, right. I'm just no. saying yeah. what I saw was the winner of most world cups teaching a French kid who I have to race. I was just like, dude, yeah. what am I going to do? And then the they guys, breed for it. yeah, but then, you know, it wasn't Tomac teaching me, you know, like it just, it wasn't put out that way. It was right. some guy they found and I'm not knocking whoever that coach no, was, but, no, but yeah. it didn't have that prestige. It didn't have that like name of like, we're, we're going down the line. Right. You know, right. it was kind of like, Oh, we found this one guy who would be your coach for the world championships for two. And right. Great person, but right. it right. just didn't have that like same, right. that same feel. So whether that means, you know, again, we're not placing the blame on no, Aaron, no. but if, kids knew that they could get into the USA cycling development program oh, because yeah. Aaron was going to teach them how right that sounds different right yeah than absolutely than what's been happening yeah, yeah. Right. No, so yeah I don't know <laughs> yeah all right we yeah. had we had our dog appearance since yeah. we always have hug yeah. Mo this is Mo this is um, the Hausman household um, <laughs> attack dog <laughs> so don't break into the Hausman's house I don't think he's an attack at all. He's licked me this whole time. So that is Mo, um, just because we love animals, too. He jumped right up here. He's good. Um, And on that note, thanks for for everything. Thanks for for having us out here. uh, Check out Hook It. Send him an email or say, hey, I heard you on Hook and Ride. (laughs) Great dude. He's all about it. If you ever see him at the races, which, by the way, speaking of races, 
You and who keep saying, where's oh, oh, Tom? <laughs> Team Big Bear. Yeah, you keep getting <laughs> the, you yeah. are big time getting razzed because yeah. I've even that seen it like, class. Oh, yeah, man. where's Hausman? You know, go. this whole thing is, where's it? So, Mr. Tom, so we found I'll Rich. I'll be back in 23, <laughs> I promise. You, you need to come out and give Harvey a run for his money because right. I don't stand a chance. Like, I, I go yeah. out there and I, I race the vet pro class, but it's like, he's yeah. he's different level. Yeah, from, uh, one of the races, he stood in the parking lot yelling, Hausman, <laughs> Hausman, are you out here? And oh, Spiegel's laughing, Jay was laughing. From the top yeah. of the hill, I'm getting these videos and stuff. Oh, so yeah, you know Jay's uh, part of that because there's actually a class oh, yeah. going on. So, yeah. you know, Jay's like, I don't want to come out. I'm going to be the next part the on the story podium. behind that, one time, probably five or six years ago, I said to Tom Spiegel, um, you should have a vet pro class. And he said, well, I will if you can get anyone here. And I was like, oh, I'll get all these people here. Well, no one showed up. <laughs> <laughs> and so he has just had it for me ever uh, since. That's awesome. You know, so, yeah. Well, you get yelled at. Uh, you're, you're mentally thought of at all those races that's because good. you get. They're in spirit. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Craig Harvey <laughs> and Mr. Tom Spiegel, we found Rich Hausman. <laughs> He's not at the races, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's at the soccer field. Yeah. yeah. Yeah you, yeah, you need to post something. Where's Tom and Craig <laughs> and Jay? Oh, I get a call all the time. I'm like, Tom, I'm at the field. It's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, okay. It's like he's checking on me. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and on that note, no matter where you're at, no matter what uh, trail life takes you down, keep, keep the, the rubber, rubber side, side down. down. Thanks, Mr. Rich. We love you.